You have now arrived at Stadium and Gale. Boys and girls, ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Stadium Miguel. It's your favorite Uncle Silk. It's Dan. And Delatory. Same corner, same time. Fresh off of a bye week. And it's uh, time to stomp on the mutts, man. How y'all boys feeling? Y'all good? Mm. I'm feeling great. Feeling great. Can't it was a good, good weekend to relax a little bit. Didn't really <clears throat> relax, but relax from football. Gotcha. Uh, Silk coming in with big Mike Vick energy. Uh, to start the podcast. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, feeling rejuvenated. Feeling refreshed. Got a week off. Um, man, my, my timeline was was Nirvana on Saturday. People weren't yelling at me to yell at Patrick Tony. I was just getting punts sent to me. And we had some beauties. Had some 80-yard punts on Saturday Silk, and I just had punting highlights all day. That's a, that's a crazy thing to follow on a bye week, but congratulations. I, I'm not, it's Can you imagine sent, that being, being the pinnacle being sent of your to weekend? Me. It's being sent to me. I'm a simple man. I'm a simple yeah, man. Okay, okay. Um, I had a chill weekend. Just got to uh, relax a little bit, watch Miami get embarrassed by a basketball program. Mm-hmm. That was lovely. Uh, but, you know, be back at it, man. Yeah, ready to talk some football. That's all. I just chill. I chill. I relax. It was my bye week personally as well, so I chilled, bro. I just watched some TV all day. Um, love that busy show today a lot of yeah we got a lot to talk about today for sure um quick shout out uh, i know we do a lot of shout outs on the show especially for me because i use that word as my uh, my connection word but uh i do want to I, I had a nice little surprise on saturday there's a an event every year called the pig jig and it raises money for um kidney research uh the individual that puts it or the group that puts it on is raising money for um one of their friends that has a a, a v- very rare and incurable kidney disease so this year uh we went and and kip Moore played um sam hunt played too but he was not very good but anyway i got there and lo and behold i, I run into a friend of mine kind of out of the blue and said shannon snell is here so I was like, oh wow, where is he? Pointing to the tent. Um, so got to got to connect and hang out with Shannon Snell for a while. Um, said he cooked amongst the best barbecue ribs he's ever cooked before. So shout out to him. Um, but he was sponsored by none other than Eric Wilbur and his wife Allie, um, who is of the Peak family. So got to hang out with them for a bit, enjoyed some Weller bourbon. Uh, just had a great old time listening to some good country music with Shannon and Eric Wilbur. So thank you guys for the hospitality. Uh, but uh, but yeah, other than that, pretty pretty relaxing weekend. I needed I like one. Good times. Absolutely. Well, boys, as always, let's get on with the show. We've got some recruiting to talk about. Obviously, we're going to talk about the Florida-Georgia game as well. But uh, before we get started, as always, Nick. Hey, Nick, you're not muted, on. man. You're blowing your uh, boogers, man. You just you just, head. you just ran somebody off the road. Uh, as always, the title sponsor of like Stadium and Gale <laughs> is Alan Horn with State Farm Insurance. Give him a call at 706-692-2888 or visit him at Alan Horn. That's A-L-A-N-H-O-R-N-E 
www.carinsurance.com. Again, 706-692-2888. Car insurance, life insurance, business insurance, renter's home, whatever it might be. Nick, you might need health insurance based on your sneezing. <laughs> uh, so give Alan a call, 706-692-2888. All right, gentlemen, we had some big news uh, announced since last episode that five-star plus, according to on three, a defensive back, Cormani McLean, will be announcing his decision on Thursday. Um, all eyes point to the Gators. All crystal balls seem to be rolling in for the Gators and all picks on the on three recruiting prediction machine seem to be following Cormani McLean to Florida. Silk, Nick, Give me your thoughts and lots of lots of reason to be excited about him. Yeah, Tons this is uh, this is a uh, shout out to Ahmad Black, uh, his position coach the, down there at Lakeland. Um, Ever heard of him? Uh, this is, I mean, just an elite, elite uh, defensive back, elite player, um, and uh, I think I think this is a recruiting. I, I hate to say it, like he's a five star. He can go anywhere he wants. I hate to say it, you know this is one that Billy Napier, um, Patrick Tony, and, and Corey Raymond had to have um, because he has unlimited options. Um, but this is a kid who wanted to commit to uh, Dan Mullen's program last year. So to with that kind of knowledge of like, hey, this kid's wanted to be a Gator. Like don't don't drop the bag. Um, so I think Florida's in, in great position. Um, Cormani did not go to Tuscaloosa last weekend. Uh, he canceled the official visit or, uh, didn't go on the official visit. Uh, I think that was supposed to be the LSU weekend. He didn't come to Florida, but, um, has not been to Tuscaloosa. And, and uh, I put my RPM pick in, uh, about two weeks ago for him. And I feel, I feel like good news is coming for Florida, uh, Thursday, right? October 27th. Yep. On Thursday. Correct. Um, any, this would be Florida's highest ranked recruit since David Sharp. It'd be the uh, well, I, I, no, I guess, I guess it's the, first... is the, the other one that I was thinking. Um, he's ranked number two right now in on three. Might be Ropa, Ronald Powell. Ronald Powell is ranked number one. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I do think like he's. I mean, I'm not. I, I don't. I'm not, I'm not to take any credit away from Arch uh, Manning. Uh, he's a he's a whatever they got him ranked. I respect the system of how they rank these players, but I think Cromani is a, a better overall and a, and, a, and more of a for sure shot to make the NFL uh, than than Arch is. Um, they both will make it, but I just think if I had to pick a new player, definitely be Cromani McLean. Uh, uh, you see his highlights we got on the video right here: six two guy, six um, four wingspan, one hundred sixty five pounds. But don't let the size fool you, man. He'll come up and. And lay the helmets, not afraid of contact. Uh, similar build to Kyrie Elam. Uh, Kyrie was a little bit thicker, Pauls, uh, but similar frame as, as uh, Kyrie Elam. Uh, had nine intercept interceptions his sophomore year, 10 his junior year. Uh, just a ball halt when the ball's in the air. Um, just a, a good get if we get this guy. We'll see what happens on Thursday. But Corey Raymond uh, with the secondary, with Jakeem Jackson, uh, Dijon Johnson, and the rest of that secondary is, is an elite haul so far. I mean, this, <laughs> this. The, the them people down in the bayou say Corey was washed. Then lost their mind. Must be two Corys. And there is, there is at least two because I'm a Corey, so yeah, you might have been talking you know. about me. 
I mean, this defensive back class is just wild with with Dijon Johnson, um, Jakeem Jackson. Um, mm-hmm. I, I still think he holds on in the class. I know his brother transferred to Kentucky, and, and there's been some smoke there about a potential flip. But I think he sticks. Um, and I think he's probably an underrated player. I mean, we have him as a four-star, but someone who I, I don't think gets talked about a ton. Um, Jordan Castell, Castile at uh, safety, mm-hmm. Sharif Denson, um, Aaron Gates. Like this is a this is a loaded loaded secondary class. Yeah, and Bryce Thornton. And Bryce Thornton. Yep. Yeah, Sharif Denson shut down Jaron Hamilton this past week. I don't think he yeah. had much of anything, man. No. Jaron Hamilton Hamilton's having a really good season. I think highly of him at wide receiver, but Sharif Denson is the real deal as well, man. Mm-hmm. And I think Hermione McLean is is your best defensive back he uh is ranked as the number two overall uh player in the on three consensus number one quarterback in the country and number one player in florida on three and nick you have to answer to them has him ranked as the 18th best player in the country still the number one db uh, but he has seemingly dropped from uh, on three throughout the last couple of weeks. Um, ESPN has him ranked, or last few months, ESPN has ranked as the number four player in the country, 247 is the number four player, and Rivals is the number three player, mm-hmm. all with him ranked as not only the best cornerback in the country, but the best player in the state of Florida as well. Would be a huge get for the Gators, uh, like we were talking about. Uh, the, the biggest commitment to Florida from a five star mm-hmm. since uh, Martez Ivy and Ronald Powell, uh, both who were highly regarded five stars, and Ronald Powell being the number one player uh, in the country. I think Martez Ivy at one point was ranked as the number mm-hmm. one player in the country. I don't believe he finished that way, uh, but the internet will tell me that I am wrong. Um, I enjoy doing that. They do enjoy doing that, and that's okay. I, I appreciate being uh, being fact checked. Uh, let's see here. Um, on top of that news, uh, on was it on was it on? I believe it was on Saturday. Uh, Desmond Ricks, uh, IMG cornerback, six foot one, hundred and seventy pound uh, cornerback, uh, announced that he was going to be flipping from uh, the class of twenty twenty four to the class of twenty twenty three. He is ranked. One second here. Let me just make sure that I'm speaking the most accurate numbers um, from the composite. He is a five-star on the on-three consensus. He is ranked as the number 12 cornerback – or number 12 player in the country, pardon me, number two cornerback and number four player in the state of Florida. He is brothers with Eli Ricks, who currently plays at Alabama uh, and formerly played at LSU. He is considering Alabama, LSU, Florida, Miami, Florida State, and a number of other schools uh, as well. But Florida certainly is going to keep recruiting Desmond Ricks. Uh, so, gentlemen, what are your thoughts on, on that? Uh, is there a news. chance? Huge news. Of course there's a chance. We got Corey Raymond. He was on campus last week for the uh, – uh, week before last, rather, for the LSU game. Uh, Corey Raymond has a relationship going back to, to his LSU days. He's going to have a relationship with most of these big kids. Uh, I'm hearing there's a lot of LSU smoke here. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, it's a, his brother went there. It's a relationship, a lot of things uh, to, to to get him to LSU. And it's hard to just bring in two of these top-notch kids, but we'll see. Uh, if Corey Raymond could pull off some magic. But all right now, if I had to pick somebody at this moment with a gun to my head, it would be LSU. But we'll see what's mm-hmm. Yeah, if I, I think if we go right now um, – uh, it's, I'd probably say it's an Alabama LSU race, mm-hmm. um, but like 
like Silk said, you know, uh, Florida with the class they have, um, you know, I, I don't see Florida ever be out of the budget. completely out of it until I might be out of the budget. Uh, hey, might be. Uh, send some postcards to boosters. Uh, we spent a know. lot of money on defensive back so far, man. We might be out of the budget, Nick. Um, hey, there's, there's always there, – there, allegedly. <laughs> there's always there's always ways to fundraise. Um, Already. Uh, so – I mean, this would be uh, – it's already going to be an elite class if you, if you land Cormani. Then to add uh, a guy like Desmond Ricks, I mean, it, the class would be unreal. I think Florida does have some ground to make up here. Um, and I see uh, Alec down there asking um, if he doesn't want to play where Cormani plays. Like, the, the dude just was like, yo, let me get out of high school early to go compete. Like, I don't think he's worried about mm-hmm. who else is in the class. I, I agree to an extent. I do think that there – I don't know if it's Cormani specific. I do, I do think that if you are the number two DB in the class following the number one DB in the class, I don't know if it makes as much sense with opportunity, but I do think that it is about, you know, where is your best chance and where are your best relationships? I do think that LSU obviously has, you know, some, some very deep inroads there. Obviously, it is a completely different coaching staff, and his brother did leave the current coaching staff, but I, I do think on top of that, I do think it's – in my opinion, it's probably more of a – I have Alabama as the favorite. I know LSU is there uh, as well. But I don't uh, I don't know if it's being afraid of, of Cormani, but I also do think that you have to think of opportunity. Um, and if there's an opportunity where the number one defensive back that's the exact same grade as you coming in that has, you know, some, you know, long, deep-rooted relationships at the university that you're going to, that it also makes sense to make sure that you explore your options. I think that Florida has a lot of great defensive backs in this class. Uh, Desmond Ricks would obviously be a, an incredible addition. I just don't see uh, him in this class right now. Um, I do think that Florida probably has the best defensive class, our defensive back class in the country. Should Cormani McLean uh, commit to the University of Florida, I think that they hit up a lot of needs, uh, adding seven defensive backs or eight defensive backs uh, to a, a group that desperately needs an infusion of talent uh, as a job well done by Patrick Tony, Corey Raymond, uh, and Billy Napier. Uh, gentlemen, any final thoughts on Corey Raymond, or not, uh, Cormani McLean or Desmond Ricks? No, no, just, just two of the best, man. Either way, uh, we, we're keeping this Carmani away from Bama. That closes, mm-hmm. that closes the gap, man. It's hard. We haven't been able to keep these type of defensive backs in. Uh, you, you, you keep um, Kair, but outside mm-hmm. of that, we've missed on a lot of elite talent like this, man. So uh, just like Kamari Wilson last class, you snatch another one. Uh, you just keep plucking away, and you, and you close the gap a little bit, man. So hopefully we can get Desmond Ricks, and that's just stockpiling like crazy if we pull that off, man. But right now, We'll, we'll, I'm just, we'll see where it's at. Well, I do the DB rooms up. Absolutely. Um, it does seem like all other uh, commits that are committed to the University of Florida continue to solidify their. Um, their commitment to the University of Florida each time that they talk. I know that there's a lot of great seasons that are being had by a lot of those players. I know Eugene Wilson came back and, and had a fantastic start, a couple of touchdowns, uh, okay. over 100 yards receiving in his first game back. Um, I think the only name that we're still hearing is uh, – Aaron Gates, potentially a guy that committed to to Dan Mullen and has probably been one of the most silent. And I don't mean this a silent commit, but silent in terms of everything after his commitment. Uh, I know he took a visit to to Michigan. Um, I know that there's some some smoke out there uh, that he is also potentially, you know, 
strongly considering Michigan, uh, but for all intents and purposes, uh, it does seem that the rest of this class is pretty locked in. Nice. In, in elite, in elite class. Yeah, right now the Gators are ranked number nine in the country on on three. I would imagine if Cormani McLean does commit, uh, they will jump up at least past Clemson, who's number eight. And I don't know how they 100% factor everything in, but there is a good chance that they could pass uh, Texas and Oklahoma uh, and, and somewhere in the, the six-ish range by Thursday. It's wild. Like it's you're talking about like getting up to six. <laughs> you still be fourth in the SEC. Yeah, that's fine. Dude. Once you get to that number, the numbers of the like, oh, classes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You just uh, splitting hairs at that point. But uh, number six class with still yeah. some big pieces and to in play is, is a mm-hmm. very good situation to be in. I mean, everybody over the summer was crying that we couldn't get nobody in. And maybe these, maybe the SEC was too much for all Billy and the staffers. Uh, but where we at with number six, uh, I would like to see the class improve with some offensive line uh, recruiting. Um, defensive line, I know we got some pieces on the way, but offensive line recruiting, I think, needs to uh, improve a little bit this class. But outside of that, I'm not mad at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think this would be the Gators' best finish in recruiting. Again, the internet can correct me, but uh, doing a bit of a perfunctory look here, it does seem like 2013 was the last time that the Gators were ranked uh, that high, and that was uh, the number three overall class uh, under Will Muschamp. Uh, but if you do look at everything, average rating and everything else, Florida will be right about there, if not slightly higher when it's all said and done. So overall, good class so far. Got to keep the pieces in place, but obviously a ton of opportunity to make a move this uh, between now and the end of December. Uh, that should about wrap up recruiting unless you guys have any other additional thoughts there. No, no, I think Caden McDonald, defensive tackle out of Georgia, is deciding October 31st. That's another big uh, decision on the way. Um, outside of that, man, uh, I think the last opportunity for some some visits before we get into, you know, early signing day visit season is uh South Carolina game. There are a few guys lining up some visits for that game. We can update them um, when that, that game pulls up. But that's the last opportunity to get some players on campus. Yeah, Caden McDonough, who uh, Corey's talking about, is ranked 297 on the on three consensus, the number 40 defensive line. Huge need. Yep, number 27 overall in the state of Georgia, six foot two, 325 pounds from North Gwinnett in Suwannee, Georgia. Uh, looking at Florida, uh, Michigan, and Clemson for him. So, do you have any thoughts about uh, where he may be going? Is he still potentially leading Clemson? Or I know he's pretty quiet, but. Uh, I mean, between us and Clemson, he visited us back in June. Uh, I think he visited Clemson fairly recently, but I, I, I like what he's been saying. I don't want to put like step out on any ledge, but I do mm-hmm. like what we just recruit. I feel real good about it. Uh, we'll see if Spencer and the boys could, could close on it, but I uh, do like what we had in his recruitment. A uh, huge position of need, uh, has a good get off. Uh, you look at his stats, has a, a for defensive tackle has a ton of tackle for losses, a ton of sacks. Um, it's just a guy we need, but I do think we land this kid. We'll see October 31st. Um, and then back back. the um, I know the other name that uh, we're talking about at defensive tackle for the Gators is John Walker, uh, currently committed to UCF at one point. 
uh, seemed to be leaning uh, towards the Gators and, and kind of surprisingly chose uh, UCF, ranked as the number 98 player, number nine defensive lineman, number 21 player in Florida, 6'2", 320 pounds. Um, I think he ultimately ends up in this class. What do you guys think? Yeah, UCF is struggling. Uh, they lost to e, I think e, e, ECU this past week. ECU, uh, yeah. He's been on campus a couple of times. We'll see if we can could, we could flip him. Um, I know he didn't make that decision just based on uh, a football, but he wants to be extra close to home and Gainesville's a little further away than UCF. I don't think it's that big of a difference, uh, but we'll see where we're at with it. I think that's another kid that we could flip. Uh, him and also uh, Roger Kearney at Florida State are possible uh, flip candidates in the trenches. Boy, you're in your TJ Rock. I'm bringing that up. up. Very good. We need TJ. TJ <laughs> gets riled up over everything, man. Um, <laughs> For sure. He just lives at a riled up state. Uh, shout out Gator Nation 7712. Thank you for the super chat donation. Uh, we appreciate you. Uh, as always, we do live stream on YouTube. Normally, we record Monday earlier afternoon today uh we're at rocking around six o'clock on a monday so we appreciate everybody that is watching and everybody that is tuning in uh and everybody that has liked and subscribed us on youtube hit that like button if you will hit that like button it's totally free to show love don't cost you nothing we appreciate them super chats but like subscribe tell a friend tell a friend appreciate y'all all right nick uh is mike almost here um i sent him the link Cool. Uh, well, the Gators do play as we wait for Mike to join us. The Gators will be playing uh, Georgia on October 29th. That is on Saturday at 3.30, as you can imagine, on CBS. Uh, right now, ESPN has Georgia's a 92.8% chance to win this game. Uh, Florida at 7. To the spread right now is 22 and a half, and Which the over insane. under is 57. While we wait for Mike, um, Nick, so give me your thoughts on just kind of those betting odds. Bro, spooky season, ain't no spooky that, season. They're trying to hell out my gators with that 22 points, man. No, I mean, the 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 wild part is the over under with the 22 and a half. That means Vegas, Vegas has Florida scoring like 10. They, like I said, they drunk. Yeah, a little bit more than ten. I think it's fifteen. Um, they still 15. drunk. Fifteen. I no, think it'll be. I think, I, think, I think. I think. I think. I think they You're win right, by Nick. ten, fourteen points or something like that. I don't think we get boat race or nothing crazy like that. Uh, Georgia hasn't been on a tear or anything crazy. They beat Vandy. They should beat the crap out of Vandy. Uh, but we've seen some other teams like Missouri and other, like just keep it to a one possession game. I think we could do that. Uh, our defense is cool. Uh, We'll see if made some chances during the bye week, but I just think we're going to be able to go score some points. Um, will we be able to stop them? It's a different story, but we, we're going to get some points. And I don't see us losing by 21 points. We'll see what's up, though. Um, yeah, that uh, they don't build palaces out in the desert uh, for being wrong very often. Mm-hmm. They've been wrong about Miami six weeks in a row. About Miami? And think Georgia's been terrible versus the spread. I don't think I think her, their, their record versus spread is under five hundred for sure. Yeah, look that Let me look that up for you, bro. They they other than they had a, a weird game against Kent State. Yeah, they are four and three against the spread this year. 
But yeah, but like, what was the Kent spread? The Kent State spread like fifty. Uh, Kent State was, was forty-five. I mean, that's a ridiculous spread. No, but it's the Mizzou games like that that cost them. Mizzou like game, yeah, yeah, Mizzou. Yeah. They were thirty and a half point favorites. Auburn, they were right. twenty-seven and a half and covered. Uh, Vanderbilt, thirty-seven and a half, and they covered. The uh, the interesting part is that Stetson Bennett uh, in some of those games has started off really slow, um, and I mean there was some wild, egregious talk about like him being like a Heisman contender. Like he's fine. There was before. there was one point that he was ranked number four in Heisman odds. Nick, I mean he's that's how egregious they got. He's a fine quarterback. Like you're not mad at him if he's your quarterback and you have that kind of talent yeah. around him. Well, not if I got the it, talent around. It, that, that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nick always yeah, adds a little copy at it. You, you, you had to let me finish. Like, like you would be mad if Kent Dorsey was on Florida's team, but you put Ken, Ken, not Kent. You put Ken Dorsey on that 2001 Miami team. You're like, yeah, yeah. He, he, Ken he, Dorsey he, was he a good play. college quarterback though. Like Chris Lee was. They were, Ken not, Dorsey like, was throwing the ball to Andre Johnson and Santana Moss. I could throw the ball to them. Hmm. I don't know about that, man. Ken no, Dorsey no. was a good college quarterback. Let's 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 get the pros out of our mind. Ken Dorsey went to, he threw some good throws. He wasn't just throwing to like wide open guys. But Ken Dorsey uh, was playing five. You compare Ken Dorsey to, to to Stetson Bit. You think they're the same guy? Stetson no, I, I'm, I'm saying I'm saying they're fine quarterbacks. Like you're not upset if they're your quarterback and and you have that collection of talent around them. Mm. They they will be good enough to not mess it up. I, but he's like the sentiment's good enough to not mess it up. He might play well enough to win you a game where if you had a quarterback that was worse than him, you might have lost that game. But like he's not special. He's not a Heisman. He's gonna be contender. special this Saturday. I got that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he on the season 162 for 229, uh, 2033 yards, seven touchdowns, one interception. Um, probably not going to turn the ball over. He's not going to probably make a lot of spectacular plays, I don't think, but definitely I don't oh, think he's wait. gonna Turn the ball. <laughs> I don't think he's going to turn the ball over. Um, I, I think that he's going to play a consistent game. Uh, rushing attack is led by uh, Dejon Edwards. Uh, 59 carries for 334 yards and five touchdowns. And then Nick's crush, Brock Bowers, leads the team in receiving yards. Man. 26 receptions, 393 yards, and two touchdowns. Listen, uh, you think about – He's going to be a problem. You mentioned in their offense, um, we were talking about our defense is food. What do you guys think about? I think Kamari Wilson sent out a text depth chart. He's starting at safety. Um, what's your opinion on all of that? My opinion is I think you see what you have, right? You're, you're four and three as a team. You still have some opportunities to go bowling. But at the end of the day, you, you know what you have. Um, and you have to see and you have to give somebody else an opportunity. Uh, does it mean that Kamari Wilson's going to take every snap? No. Do I still have a lot of caution in me to think that even if he does start, that Trey Dean is still going to potentially get more um, snaps than him? Yes, I do think that. Um, that you know, Trey Dean is amongst the most snapped players this entire year uh, for the Gators, and I don't think that they're just going to bench him for the season. I do appreciate the fact that if they do start somebody new, that they're at least trying – out a, a change and at some point you need a change you were absolutely atrocious against lsu you've been bad all season at some point you have to make a change and you have to try something new because if you just continue to try out the same players in the same scheme you're just going to continue to get worked and you're just going to have a lot of people 
questioning you and, and you just don't need the noise right now. Um, I think we got as close to – I'm pulling the cord up right now. I think we got as close to Billy Napier as he'll ever get to saying it's not the coaches, it's not the scheme, it's, it's the players. So um, let me pull this up. He said he was asked um, back to the bye week in defense – do you have to caution yourself from wanting to try to do too much, making wholesale changes? Um, there is uh, like only so much you can do with you know the few extra practices when you're not you know specifically game planning. Um, and part of his answer was, oftentimes playing defense is not about what you're doing; it's about how you do it, which I think is probably the closest we'll ever get to Billy Napier being like, "Yo, the careful dudes aren't making plays." The careful, care- bars. careful bars. I mean, yeah, I think we all can see. And shout out to Aldo. I wish I had the Twitter handles to every all these accounts that break down uh, the defense, the plays, mm-hmm. and we we could kind of see because um, we get into that scheme. Is it the scheme? Is the players debate all the time on, on every coaching scheme? And these guys break it down a little bit. You can kind of see the mishaps. Uh, we'd like to see that Kamari's going to be starting. Uh, do want to see him take over most of the snaps? Uh, there's no smooth way to transition this thing, man. Um, it's just just guys blatantly making a lot of big mistakes. Uh, and I'd rather have, I don't mind aggressive mistakes. Uh, you, you pass interferences or like, you know, stuff like that, late hits, all that's cool. But when you just assignment after assignment, playing selfish football, looking into the backfield, trying to make big plays, uh, it's just time to move on. So I, I do want to see the snap, see what a snap cap counts at after the mm-hmm. game. Um, outside of the start, I want to see who plays uh, more snaps at safety. You know where to find that information. It'll be on Gators Online Sunday morning. All right, that's where I get my information from, man. Also, uh, I want to see. I want to see more of uh, number ten, Mitchell, at safety. Wouldn't mind seeing his snaps go up as well. He's playing good football. That's my overall take on that situation. Yeah, he's he. Um, I was surprised. So uh, when Florida made the the trip to Tennessee, I'm like, ah, man, they brought Miguel Mitchell. Like he's only played on special teams to this point and like they're going to burn his red shirt only playing special teams. But um, I think starting that in that Tennessee game um, and almost every game since he keeps getting some reps um, at safety. Um, and I think even down at nickel a little bit as well. So uh, a player that we don't talk about a lot, um, but, but might have a bright future. Yeah. I'd love to see him a lot, a lot more. Yeah. Actually just looking it up. He has played in three games. 19 of them have been cat pass coverage. Um, hasn't allowed a who you pass got on? against him. Yeah. Playing well who so else far. You got, who else you got on a uh, red shirt uh, being burnt watch? Like uh, uh, who else is on close to that? Do you have a list? Um, I have a list. Let me pull it up. So Shamar James, uh, Kamari Wilson, theirs have been burned. Bama this past weekend and got the socials. Buzzing. Did y'all see that? He was with his girlfriend goes to Bama. He goes to a Bama game, had a Bama shirt on, put it on Instagram, and everybody's been going crazy about it. Uh before we get into the red shirt stuff, what's y'all opinion on that? I, stop I, I get, stop following players, stop tweeting at players, stop stop overreacting to every tweet and every post. He's got a girl that goes to Alabama, you said. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently. He's like he's bi-week there you go. Happy wife, happy life. And, and I think I think for a lot of no, folks, no, no, and I think no. that this 
I think this comes into the fact that I worked at the recruiting office for four years. I don't mind it, like, but I don't like it. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, the way that I look at it from those four years of, of working is like your fandom and, and their connection to the university are two very different things. Uh, there's a lot of people that come to University of Florida that are fans of what they did and their fans of the experience that still cheer on and root for other people. Uh, there go, there's a number of people that go to other schools that still cheer on Florida. They just, there's a lot that goes into a decision beyond just who am I the biggest fan of? Um, so even if he was wearing a polo, even if it's, you know, because of a goal and everything else, you, you really have to stop equating, you know, players with being the, the fan that you are. Cause they're, they may not be right. doesn't mean that there's not, but you also have to forget, or you also have to remember that they come from different backgrounds. They come from a place where maybe they they did cheer for a school their entire lives, and and to just give that up, you know, by going to a game, uh, it, because of a business decision, can be a little silly, right? So, I'll give yeah, you one piece of advice: though. stop following kids on social media and overreacting yeah. to what they do. Yes, following all that, but he knew that he's gonna get a reaction. He's he got it was a little trolling on his behalf as well. He had to know as a Florida Gator football player, he posts a Bama polo. So he did that. I think, in my in my opinion, he just need to just chill a little bit with that, bro. Like I think I think he, that was on purpose a little bit, but nonetheless, I could care less. Um, he's playing. He's looking re- very good as a freshman. Hope he mm-hmm. continues to get better to get the brick outside. And I don't I don't really care about his Instagram, but I do think <laughs> he knew what he was doing when he did it. Probably hurt. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't see it. So. Feelings. What happened? Probably hurt, probably hurt C-Rob's feelings. That's his guy. C-Rob obviously wearing the, uh, the other state school's logo. Probably got a text from C-Rob, who, who was also on the bye week. Mm. Hmm. Probably that a different bye week uh, than his last his last Probably a long coach. bye week. Well, I think he was actually working on his bye week. Uh, didn't have strict orders from his head coach to go to Aruba. Speaking of nice. C Rob and, and Robs, shout out to Corey Raymond for shoving T Rob in a locker this week. There's like screenshots of like conversations with T Rob, like like hidden group chats, man. Like Twitter's a wild place, you know that? Twitter is a wild place. Nothing is uh nothing is sacred on Twitter. Uh Absolutely who else not. do we have burning red shirts back? Um, um so Shamar yeah, James <clears throat> Shamar James has burnt his, Kamari Wilson yeah. burnt his. Um, Trevor Etienne, Burnt his Devin Moore, Chris McClellan, and Miguel Mitchell. Um, freshmen that could still redshirt, or freshmen that will redshirt, um, Arliss Boardingham, Jamari Lyons. I think he's at two or three games now, so he might not. Um, David Connor obviously had the injury. <clears throat> um, Jack Pyburn's bur- burnt his redshirt. Uh, has he? Jack be lit on special teams, bro. Watch yeah, the point every special yeah. team, man. You should. Yeah, Jack. Jack's played in more than four Jeez. games now. Um, I need to update my list. Um, Caleb Douglas, I think, is, has only played in one. Max Brown's redshirting. Um, Trey Smack is going to burn his redshirt. He, I don't, he's not at four yet, but he will be now that he's handling kickoff duties. Andrew Salida, he's in redshirt. <laughs> Andrew S. Got, got Andrew, Andrew S. Andrew S. Um, so they're showing that they're not afraid to play freshman. Um, you know, like Jack Pyburn really, I think, outside of one game has only played special teams, but like Silk said, making an impact there. 
Yeah, I think he has six total defensive snaps if I'm reading this correctly. But if he's as good as advertised and good as he is on special teams as he is on defense, you're probably only going to get him for four years anyway, so you might as well play him anyway. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. We got our guest yet, or are we getting stood Not up? Not yet. We're on? still, yeah, still like, waiting. Let's, man, let's, I remember um, this feeling before. I had this feeling. This happened before, to me before. Yeah. In 10th grade, uh, Dan. Oh, oh yeah. We just kept waiting and waiting. Yeah, I just did the movies, bro. I had them bought the tickets and just, just waiting, and she just never showed. Yeah, sorry about that, man. That uh, that's okay. I bounced back okay. Yeah, no, Rod, you're doing all right for yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll oh, see. Nah. We'll see if he shows up. I got. I, I got I, revenge I, like two weeks later. <laughs> you say it, Nick? You said we'll see if he shows up. And yeah, this guy is not I, loved by Gator Twitter. So I, uh, I, I, I booked Mike Griffith, who uh, uh, Gator Twitter has. Uh, Good information. A, a hate hate relationship. Also, with? we don't like him. Okay, I, you know I like to take on the energy of the, uh, of the people. So mm. the people, the, the people, people come after Mike, out, huh? They do. The people, okay. the people do not do not get along with Mike. Uh, he uh, he he uh, writes for the AJC uh, Dog Nation site. Um, ran into him in Tennessee. I don't know why he was at the Florida Tennessee game, um, but he was there. Met him there, and uh, he was supposed to come on. But uh, we'll see. That's why they don't like him. Like these guys, ain't even show up on time, man. <laughs> we'll keep talking. Let me give a, a couple quick shouts. We're going to do a yeah. two for here. Um, quick thank you and shout out to our friends over at Alumni Hall. Visit them at alumnihall.com or visit them on Archer Road. Uh, a lot of new men's quarter zips. They've gotten their hands on in plush oversized sweatshirts. It was cold as a Dickens here last week. So uh, it's about <laughs> that time to get uh, some men's quarter zips and women's plush oversized sweatshirts. Um, and they also have some new Tim Tebow uh, promise uh, shirts. And we'll throw those on the socials for you guys. But if you remember Tim Tebow's famous uh, speech that he uh, that he gave during the 2008 season that the Gators ultimately won the national championship on are uh, with um, that is printed on a shirt along with a signature on top of the Gator legend and ring of honor logo. Uh, so go check that out again, alumnihall.com or go visit them on Archer road. Um, should they not satiate what you're looking for from a apparel perspective go visit our friends at alumni hall uh vintage designs all for uh home field apparel uh use promo code stadium and gale get 15 percent off of your order uh when you check out uh, about 17 different items there so it's about to be the holiday season so go check out alumni hall and go check out homefieldapparel.com use promo code stadium and gale and be on the lookout for an alumni hall gift or a discount here uh, soon for your gifting season. So again, alumni hall and home field apparel. Um, All right, gentlemen, one of, go ahead. One other thing, the um, Florida and Georgia don't uh, agree on much, but they released that joint statement today uh, about the future of the game in Jacksonville. Um, I'll read it real quick. The annual game between our two universities is an important tradition at this time. Both programs are focused on our current seasons, typically both schools begin conversations regarding future games in the series as the last contract game nears, which it is nearing now. 
We anticipate following that timeline when those discussions take place, we'll consider a multitude of factors, including tradition, finances, future SEC scheduling models with the addition of Texas and Oklahoma, and what's best for both schools. Um, Florida and Georgia uh, are contracted through the city of Jacksonville to play the game there through 2023. Mm-hmm. There's options to extend that in 2024 and 2025. Um, it will be interesting, though. You know, when once you go to a new model, and and you go to let's say pods, or um, you add a ninth game, um, does the game get moved out of Jacksonville? Florida's about to pour hundreds of millions of dollars into a stadium renovation, which will probably decrease the overall capacity. Um, increase ticket prices while decreasing uh, capacity. Would would Florida then want to get you know a, a Georgia game uh, at home? Kirby Smart has been a, a loud proponent of, of moving the game out of Jacksonville, uh, Dan's favorite city in, in the country. Yeah, I'd feel um, bad if Jacksonville lost the game. It's the most exciting thing that happens every year. So, okay, there it is. Um, so, but Florida and Georgia get paid handsomely um, this year. They get. Uh, the schools split the ticket revenue, mm-hmm. and they're guaranteed at least $1.25 million, uh, in this year and next year. And if the option is picked up, that moves up to a million and a half. And so they're allowing find- recruiting now, right? For, first yeah. time. So of, of <laughs> naturally, the first time they allow it uh, is when Georgia is the home team. So Georgia will be leaving um, tickets in and can host recruits um, this weekend. Not official, uh, obviously not official visits, but it does have to be on the unofficial capacity, right? Yes. So they can provide tickets, but they can't provide, you know, lodging or transportation. Hmm. And Florida is not allowed to as the away team. Negative. Wink, wink. <laughs> Florida will don't be allowed to I Don't send any recruits to that game this year, though. This is the perfect <laughs> Georgia do that, man. Yeah, the weather will be too nice on Saturday for them to go just sit and bake and watch football game, right? You know, just go go enjoy the weather. Nothing on TV, nothing to worry about. How many can you get I'm on still, oh, I'm, can. I still yeah, want to see this barometer, bro. I'm not going to come in like depressed or sad. I want to see uh, where we at, you know, like what's the measuring stick. This is the measuring stick of catching up. <laughs> Even though we don't lost, but I, I want to see where we at. Like if we're improving, you know what I'm saying? Like how, how better has this team got? We're going to play a good football game. I think we all feel good about, you know, going into the rest of the season. But if we come mm-hmm. out, it's an abysmal shit show, then we we, we all going to be, like, you know, looking for that moment in the season where we see some progress. So, um, win, lose, or draw, I do want to see these guys progress. I want to see us not make turnovers. We'll talk more about the matchup in the game and all that when we get uh, – I got Mike on. But mm-hmm. I, I want to see some progress. Off of a bye week, I want to see this staff off of a bye week, uh, the game plan, like that middle eight we've been struggling with, all that. I want to see improvement. Yeah, I think that that's – and let's get into it. I'm not sure if Mike's going to join or not, um, but uh, let, let's get a little bit into that. I think that Florida, obviously, against Georgia, the, the number one team in the country, it is challenging. Um, but Florida has yet to put together a very strong defensive and offensive performance together. They have shown flashes um, against, you know, LSU and, you know, against, you know, Tennessee and, you know, against Utah where they could put it all together and really did well um, against some good talent Uh, on the flip. They've also been 
uh, atrocious at times in both offense and defense. So um, they really need to to stick to a, a good solid game plan, which includes you know AR running the ball and not being afraid. I think you saw that against LSU, where you know when the play broke down, he was willing to make you know some some big runs and, and obviously had that huge long touchdown. Um, but the ability to use Anthony Richardson, hopefully. You know, he continues to, to get healthier and healthier throughout the season, uh, but to continue to use him. But there's, I still think there's going to be opportunities. I don't think that Georgia is a unbeatable team. I do think that there's opportunity right. against Georgia. I think that they, you know, have a lot of great players and they are more talented than Florida. And I do expect Georgia to likely win the game, but it doesn't mean that Florida can't come in a la 2014 when they ran the ball for. 400 and some odd yard yards in that game and, and ended up winning as, as the underdog in that game. Right. So I still think that there's opportunity. I think that Florida has to stick to a plan and ultimately, you know, force Stetson Bennett to, to beat them, um, right. you know, with his arm. Right. right. And so. Um, That's key. Yeah. I mean, you don't have to pick your poison. I don't think it's very hard for him to beat us with his arm or what I've seen, but you got to like, just make them pick the pull, load the box. Uh, if we can start to run and force him to be, that's the route to win. I ain't going to say it's going right. to work. We may, we may make them one dimensional and they go crazy. And shout out to Jaden Daniels, who had a, came back with another good performance this past week. So it wasn't just us, even though he looked all out of whack. But uh, yeah, you guys just may try to make them one dimensional of, of, of some sort, and also try to possess the ball. Um, I think uh, we I think we need to run the ball more, like you said, try to control the clock to keep our defense uh, off the field a little bit. Um, and they have a knack of fumbling the ball if you if you poke at it a little bit. If you've been watching Georgia this year, so hopefully we can get some turnovers as well because we're gonna need it. Yeah, I think that Florida really has to make sure that they don't beat themselves uh, this game. You know, you have to make sure that you don't turn the ball over. They've done a, a better job uh, over the last few games of not doing that. You have to make sure that you force Georgia to beat you and you don't beat yourself. Um, the second you start throwing, you know, interceptions or putting the ball in position to be intercepted or fumbled uh, or start running out of desperation um, or not holding onto the ball well, playing un you know, sound fundamentally, uh, that's when you potentially get, you know, this game can get out of control. Uh, I think if Florida plays their game and they're able to, you know, move the ball in offense the way that they have the last couple of games, I do think that there's a chance that Florida can, you know, stay close in the game. And then at that point, that's all you can really ask for is to stay close and hope some things fall, you know, in your favor. I don't think that Florida is going to go out and I, I don't see a scenario in which Florida could just go out and mollywop this team. Uh, but I do see a way that this game could, you know, stay marginally close. And, you know, if a couple things fall Florida's way, you know, that it, it could end up on, on the side of the Gators. But yeah, I put those chances pretty, pretty slim. The, the vices would be heavy and high. I got them uh, prepped. If, 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 if the vices would be heavy and high if you thought that Florida was going to molly walk into uh, TIAA Bank Field oh, yeah, and molly walk Georgia. Sure. You might be on molly if you think that's happening. I don't think that's what that does to you, Nick, but but I, I don't know. I wouldn't know, Dan. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know. know, Nick. Um, sure. It sure seems like you have some uh, information there, Daniel. Anyway, so no, I, I think <laughs> I think this all comes to 100%, you know, Florida playing a good sound game where they don't turn the ball over and limit big plays, right, which is a lot to say right now. But that's, that's where I'm sticking my uh, – that's where I'm planting oh. my flag, Nick. I like that we I like I like that we coming in with underdog energy. Uh, we came in with underdog energy for Utah. Uh, Ar put up a, a very good game. We came in with underdog energy for Tennessee. We lost, but Ar had a very good game. 
I like when we come in with this underdog energy. Uh, I expect a big game out of AR. I just need him to take care of that football. You know what I'm saying? I just want to see some maturity out of him. If, but if he goes stupid and he and he escaped the pocket and live up to his true potential with his legs, man, we can we can upset some shit, man. But I'm not. That, that, that it's gonna take a a big game out of him. Um, and, and us finding some stops on defense. That's the thing with they are, and, and it's why like I feel like I'm taking like crazy pills. Like every like ha- like I stopped doing half. You said you didn't take those, Nick. Crazy pills. <laughs> um, I thought, I, you know, every halftime, it's like, it can't get worse. Like, put Jalen Kitten in. I'm like, dude, a- Anthony Richardson, anytime he has the ball, he stiff-armed a guy that was behind him against LSU on an 81-yard touchdown run. Like, mm-hmm. anytime he's on the field, he has the potential to take over a game. Um, he's still young. He's still developing. Uh, he's not there as a passer. Things that we said in the spring, um, in the summer, in fall camp, um, when he misses passes, he misses high. That's, that's led to interceptions. Like, this isn't new stuff. Um, it was just me being negative in the spring until it happens in the fall. Um, but he has, the, he has the possibility to take over every game that he's in. I think his accuracy struggles more not on, like, the, the high, like, stuff getting away from him. I think he's – I've seen some some uh, correctness in that. But I think his, his throws into the flats and his slants need more touch. They just they mm-hmm. just hot as hell. Um, they're accurate, but they're hot. <laughs> fastball. Fastball. It's hard to catch that, man. Um, Nuke so Lelouch. I need, I, need clean, yeah, I need him to clean that up a little bit. That's uh, homework for you, Silk. He's he's Nuke Lelouch. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a baseball movie. Mm. Yeah, I think, I think the only other thing that I see with Anthony Richardson besides the fastball is him. I think maybe because it's a fastball – it's been a little bit tougher for him to lead wide receivers. I think that he tries to just put the ball put exactly on. where the receiver is. Um, right. And when you throw it that hard and put it exactly where the receiver is, it's going to be, you know, tough to, 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 you know, if there, if there is any change in the route or if, um, you know, any, yeah, I don't know, besides any change in the route, but if, you know, if any plays being made, um, it's tough to be a hundred percent accurate in that situation. And I don't think that they're leaving themselves. I don't think Anthony Richardson, pardon me, is leaving himself an opportunity, um, you know, to have a little bit of wiggle room. Mm. If a player does, or if he does lead the receiver a little bit more to, to maybe go out for a dive or go out for, you know, a one-handed catch or something um, rather than just a fastball right into the numbers. What kind of, I know we faced one of the best defenses ever when we played them last year, and it was yeah. uh, Anthony Richardson's first start. Uh, what what kind of I don't I don't see this being the same type of defense. They're very talented, but I don't see it being th- that elite level of a defense. Um, what's your opinion of the uh, Georgia defense, Nick? Um, I mean, it, it's tough because they had to replace literally everyone. Like they set uh, records <laughs> last year. Um, they come in and listen, like that Oregon win, super impressive. At the time, you thought, oh, maybe Oregon just stinks. Um, Oregon just handled a, a previous undefeated UCLA. Georgia has the number one scoring defense in the SEC. Uh, let me see if it's yeah, number two in the, in the country. Two in the country. They give up nine points a game. Yeah, uh, Illinois uh, is the number one scoring defense in the country. Bro, shout, shout out to Burt. Shout, shout out to, to Burt. That runs a little more. Georgia's got the number one rushing defense. <laughs> they have the number one passing defense, uh, and they have the number one total defense. So in the yeah. SEC, yeah, in the SEC. So is it as good as they were last year? Like, no, they might not have you know six first rounders, um, but th- they're also very stingy. No, they're pretty good. 
Um, yeah, I mean, they, I don't think that they have the 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 name recognition. I do think that they're very good. Um, you know, I think that that Florida has a very good offense too when it's when it is clicking. Right when Anthony Richardson can pass the ball, I think that Florida's offense moves really well. I think that Montreal Johnson and Trevor Etienne, Lorenzo Lingard, uh, I think they all have the opportunity to to make decent sized runs. I, I would not be surprised if Florida does have the most number of rushing yards that Georgia's allowed this year. I do think that Florida is very good offensively rushing the ball. However, if Anthony Richardson's not able to move the ball with both his legs and his arm, right. I do think that Florida at that point is zero dimensional uh, because I do think that Georgia will just stack the box and, you know, and we we've seen what happens if Anthony Richardson is uncomfortable, lacks confidence uh, going, you know, especially on the sideline, what that can mean for his performance, uh, you know, throughout the game. He's got to be able to, got to be able to run. Florida's got to, like, like kind of like you said, Florida has to play a perfect game. Um, you have to find a way to get off the field on third down. You're literally the worst team in the country when it comes to getting off the field on third down. Like Colorado is better. It's a tough scene. I don't think they have to um, play perfect to beat Georgia. They just have I to play sound football and not turn over the football and. And Simon football, you know what I'm saying? They, they give you an opportunity, but um, the mistakes we made just throw us way out of even having a chance with, in, in some games uh, just because blown coverages. But I don't think we got to play perfect. I like It's hard to play a perfect game. Um, and that's just like extremely uh, yeah. crazy yeah, criteria. Because I don't think Missouri played perfect. It was in a position to beat them. You know? And they came close to playing perfect football whatsoever. So I just think you got to take care of the ball, possess it. Uh, Missouri did a good job of keeping the offense off the field. And the offense, when they did get on the field, struggled. So we just got to find some luck. Now, Missouri also got a better defense than us. Mm. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What else? What what else do you got? What else are you guys looking out for um, in this game? Uh, Georgia's total offense right now is number two in the country. Their total defense right now uh, is number four in the country. So I think being ranked number one in the country is probably a pretty good spot for them uh, as a whole. Uh, what do you guys think that Florida needs to do on defense? Because Georgia's averaging 526 yards per game, 7.26 yards uh, per play. Uh, just uh, stop the run. Just dedicate to stopping the run. I pat, like. I just don't see us being able to oh, – go ahead, Nick. You want to go first? I just say uh, I just I, mean, I just think sell out to the run, uh, and then make Stan, uh, Stetson Bennett beat you with your arm with his arm. Uh, if if we can do that, I don't know if we can make force them to pass. I don't know if we're good enough to make them one dimensional. But that would be my game plan: is try to make them one dimensional of of some sort, uh, and see if that Stetson Bennett can beat beat us with his arm. Yeah, um, you just got to throw the ball to Brock Bowers. Like if, if Florida stops the run, Brock Bowers will have two hundred yards receiving. Who do like, you no. think is going to block? And Nick, I know your answer is no one, but who would you put on Brock Bowers or some ones? Does Chauncey have any any uh, eligibility left? There ain't nobody in our secondary to guard this guy. So, like, what, what are we going to do? Look at the roster and say what? If I just put a guy on him, oh, man. Um, <laughs> hey, just – Pick a, pick a name because it's not going to happen. So yeah, we're going to be wrong. So just throw a name out there. 
Now, I'm not going to throw a name out there because then we'll get criticized for whatever name. Oh, he thinks this person is guard Brock Brock. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I can just see it on the internet. Out there. Famous Gator podcaster names blank should block yeah. Brock Bowers. I'm going to lie next year. If Brock Bowers is somehow, like, whatever, I'm going to lie next year. I got some, I got some, I'm going to be off a of barbecue chicken alert next year. Shout out to Corey yeah. Raymond. Um, I mean, G- Georgia, I, I, it's kind of like Brett Keithy, you know, when I said that leading into the Utah game, like he's a problem. Like as much as I love Ventro Miller um, and as good as a player as he is, and Mari Bernie's played better than people will give him credit for this year. Those guys aren't covering uh, a player like Brent Keithy or Brent Keithy or um, Brock Bowers. Like, I think both of those happen. guys you name are better run stuffers than. Uh... Yes. Coverage, pass coverages. Yeah, they're not like I it, it, like. So to me, that's a huge issue. Um, Brock, I think Brock Bowers will have a huge game Saturday. It's a huge mismatch for Florida. Um, maybe a Shamar James is someone who like next year or in two years. I mean, Bowers won't be there in two years, um, but in two years is a guy that that could have that athleticism to cover him. Um, but I just don't know if you have anyone that can right now. And I don't think that I've seen what I've seen from Shamar in coverage. I don't think I would feel comfortable, you know, putting him one-on-one. I don't think that Florida has a person. No. Right. I mean, Um, I think you try to bracket him some type of way, but I don't think you try to cover him one-on-one. And then the other thing too, with, with Georgia is number one, third down offense. Um, and, and if we're talking about that tight end position, if you get into third downs, that's an easy outlet um, to to pick up third downs. So I mean, this is just this is just a really really tough game for Florida. It's a bad matchup. Billy Napier was asked today about the talent gap, and he didn't be like he wasn't like, no, we have good players. He's like, yeah, like we we know what we know what we're getting into Saturday. And he's like, we've got work to do. Yeah, no, I mean. I... I don't think that there's a lot more to talk about with this game. We'll see Saturday. Uh, obviously, Georgia is very good. They've recruited very well. They, outside of the Missouri game, you know, have looked pretty – I mean, looked very good, right? Obviously, that Missouri yeah. game, uh, that Missouri defense, you know, did a good job. And, you know, if it wasn't for some, you know, late game heroics, you know, might have, you know, ended up on the uh, – the wrong side of that uh, of that game, but they did pull that one out. Uh, listen, anything can happen on Saturday. I've seen worse teams than Florida beat very good teams. I'm here to to cheer my team on and, and root them on and hope that over the next couple of years we, we don't have to um, talk this solid really downtrodden really- about it. Billy said, "Hey, Cormani, man, I'm mean, probably need you to like commit before this Georgia game, and we like, <laughs> so they know help is on the way, man. Uh, because Brock Byers might go crazy on us, so they need to know that we got some people in the sec, especially after the LSU game. But I do think all this uh, lines up uh, good. Keep faith alive. Like we get, we get our doors blown Saturday, bro. It's, it's transition year. It is what it is." Uh, I expect a big exit of guys uh, in the transfer portal. I think we're about to unload our DB room. But just like we're about to load up with all these bodies that are coming in, I think you're going to see a mass exodus, a big roster flip. Um, That's just what college football is today. I think you're going to see that a lot around college football with these new coaches, Mm -hmm. uh, big roster changes. So 
I don't think it's going to be no long rebuild or anything like that. We're going to get some talent infused here. These guys can recruit. Uh, so this weekend is just, you know, uh, Georgia, fruits fruits of Georgia labor a little bit. They've been stockpiling, and they may, you know, take us up through there unless AR go crazy with his legs and our defense finds a post. It could happen. Keep the faith. Um, let's do a little buy or sell segment, and then I do want to talk about uh, the transfer of Josh Braun after that. I'm going to assume that Mike looked at our Twitter handles and saw that we uh, have previously beefed before and decided that uh, he had other things to do today. Uh, but uh, oh, let's you do beef with that boy. Well, I mean, I think that he has just put out some egregious claims in the past. I don't really know. I just know his name. I'd have to find. I'll look while we're playing a little buy or sell what happened well, uh, me. with me, but I doubt that that's what happened. Uh, it's let's. Content, let's... It's, not, it's not bloods and crips, man. Oh, no, for sure. Uh, let's see. I want to get a little. I want to get a good buy or sell segment in here uh, for this game. But before we do that, uh, let's give a. Uh, shout out to our friends over at Dome Hats. Um, I know that uh, Nick, you got yours. Silk, you got yours. Um, Dome Hats out of Jacksonville, uh, Florida. Uh, two former UF football players uh, started this company over a decade ago. Create great hats uh, for you and your business, should that be the case. Or if you are a fan of Florida and they also have some other programs on there that you're looking for some really cool hats, like maybe a a Doring's got a touchdown hat or a Cam got robbed hat or a uh, Quez Iken Riedel hat, go check out domehats.com. Use promo code stadiumgale, uh, all one word, uh, for 15% off of your order. Uh, I wear them all the time. I've got a few from them. Um, the Stadium Gale hats, if you have one of those, uh, we're from Dome Hats. Great fitting, great quality, uh, and a lot of great options for you. So, again, domehats.com, promo code Stadium Gale. They've got a one that's on pre-order right now that I was trying to get. Uh, just says Rex was robbed with uh, the Heisman logo on it. Was um, we actually gave that out out a couple of a uh, couple of weeks ago. And uh, that's a good looking hat. I think my fiance confiscated. She was here last week. I think she confiscated that hat that Corey's wearing. Um, the unicorn. I went looking for it today. We we were we were home. We were almost matching hats today. I went looking for it. And I think she uh, took it back to Tampa with her. It has a hit, man. I get a lot of hey, where'd you get that hat? Um, even people hit my DMs up and they see it on like the YouTube videos and whatnot, man. Dome hats. Tell them Stadium and Gale at checkout. Save yourself some bread. Know the vibes. Um, Nick, Mike tweeted just eight minutes ago. So if you want to follow up one more time with him, uh, while I look to see what our beef was. All right, guys, uh, buy or sell segment. Uh, buy or are you are you are you doing a deep dive to see if what what kind of beef you might have? I, I am. I don't think that that's the reason he's not on, but I do want to find out what he tweeted. He's I mean, tweeted it's, some egregious thoughts in the past. It, it's Monday. We uh, it, it, Monday's a busy week for for us beat writers. Uh, we, mm. we always get the coach and uh, and players on a Monday, and you're previewing the game. Um, but I'm here. Mike said he would be here. Yeah, Mike Fire forgot. Off. Ain't none of that's going on. Mike just like it just completely slipped his mind. He's probably at Publix or something like that. Yeah, there's uh, actually or, zero tweets or, between me and him. So, oh, see, wasn't oh, me. see, you don't even see negative Dan. I probably just thought in my brain that he had some trash takes. Nick's rubbing off on you a little bit. Pause. Yo, hey, I paused it quick. 
Uh, let's see. Buy or sell segment of the show. Uh, right now, the Gators' lowest rushing output of the season was 136 yards against Kentucky on 30 attempts. Uh, buy or sell, the Gators will get more than 136 yards yeah, yeah. rushing Already. the ball. Yeah, yeah. Write me down for yes. Georgia Ryan. has allowed. You are jotted down for yes. <clears throat> Georgia has allowed more than 130 rushing yards once in the opening game. That was on 31 carries. Make it twice. Make it twice, Silk. Okay, okay, Nick. Okay. You gave me some if, negative vibes at first, boy. No. Hey! Turned the corner a little bit. Then. Georgia has <laughs> only allowed 137 yards over the last two games combined. Nice. Sign me up for the Gators to get more than 137 yards. Sign me up for the Gators to get more than 160 yards. Mm. More than 169 right. yards rushing. All right. Now now you're just now you're just trying to, to like show it. off. I'm like just trying to show off. I gotta jot it down for like buck seventy five or something like that. Nick. Yeah. Okay. I'm I'm gonna go with like one thirty one. Well, then that's not more than 131, which puts you in a bit of a prediction. We're buying. We're buying. We're buying more than 131 by saying that they're going to get 131 yards. Make it make sense, Internet. Okay, 131.1. I like that. I like that. That's like like when it's like like first and goal from the one, but it's like really the six-inch line. Right, right. Those six inches matter. Pause. Yeah. Depends on if it's a guy or a girl measuring. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, kickoff return. Gators have gotten a bit stronger on kickoff return, uh, at least against LSU. Uh, had a decent return against Eastern Washington. Had zero against Missouri. But with that in mind, Florida started off very, very poorly uh, to begin the year. Buy or sell, the Gators will average the ball on, f- let's just say, more than – 25 yards per kick return. What? It, more than 25 per- yards per kick return is an average. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to sell that. What are you talking about? You, you mean like their average starting field position is is past the 25 because you get 25 for, for – Sure. Right. Let's do that. No, well, yeah, let's do that. Because if you're saying like the, yeah, the that's fine. average is 25, like absolutely not. Not even close. The Gators did it against LSU. Okay. LSU has yeah, the worst special teams – Move, LSU move has the worst special teams in the SEC. That's true, too. It's a great point. <laughs> Literally the worst uh, in the SEC. Yeah, Trevor Etienne is averaging 25.67 yards per return. So I don't think it's an egregious thought to we think that he back. could average his average. Um, internet <laughs> can tell me I'm wrong or not, but Nick obviously was super offended. Nick sells either way. Nick sells either way. Oh, I said. Um, I feel like we're. Big I don't trust right our special teams. Still, I'm gonna sell it, man. Uh, the game changes. I'm gonna sell it. I just want to. I want to close good this season. Um, I'm gonna sell it. We'll see. I like. I like seven back there returning kids. Do not like yeah. three back there. It's nothing personal. Seven just just know what he do doing when he touched the football, man. He gets busy. Mm-hmm. What am I saying? Twenty one back there. I don't know if he could catch it, but he can. He looks explosive, bro. I don't know what he's been doing. He should be getting the ball more. Lorenzo is like thinking he he's got like all of his running back coaches from Miami and, and from you know under Dan Mullen he's got Greg Knox's like face on on every defender like he runs angry so I wouldn't I wouldn't hate it put him back there on not punt return but put him back there on kick return 
Yeah. You know what I think is egregious, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna buy just because I asked the question. So here we are. Um, what I think <laughs> is egregious is that for years we talked about, well, not we, Miami fans talked about how bad Lorenzo Lingard was, and that he was never gonna play or anything else. You want to know something? I think Lorenzo Lingard would be Miami's best running back right now. Um, they play absolutely atrocious football, and I think that they should all apologize to Lorenzo Lingard for the absolute trash that they put out on the field every each and every week, and the fact that they drive his name through the mud for doing so so that's my yeah, uh, that's my little hot you. take there let's let's get um Porous. let's get uh our, our graphic designers to you know like those when there's like a playoff game at, mm-hmm. at like noon on a thursday and they give you that like form of like hey here's here's a get off worksheet let's make like a uniform miami fans apologize to lorenzo we can tweet that out and they can just quote tweet uh, i like that and they can just co-sign on it <laughs> their apology they are a trash football program, and they deserve everything that they get. All right, so I'm going to buy uh, that uh, Trevor Etienne and the Gators average more than 25 yards per kick return uh, against Georgia. Um, buy or sell the Gators. Stetson Bennett has only thrown one interception all season. Gators have struggled a bit, but had some luck against LSU um, in – well, almost some luck against LSU and turning the ball over, um, but had two against Missouri. Do you think that the Gators can get an interception against Stetson Bennett? One interception. We need one, so I'm going to go ahead and lie. Uh, <laughs> we need turnovers to win this football game, so mark me down. If number nine – how do you say his last name again for the Dolphins? Noah. Yep. Noah. It, wasn't, it wasn't what Noah I. The guy from Auburn that they drafted in the first round a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, he no. can get an interception than anybody can. Dan and I have gone like full like CBS reality show, uh, like The Bachelor. Hey, this is Becky S. And then there's Becky yeah. G. Yeah, this is <laughs> Noah, Noah I. I and Andrew S. Noah I. Um, I'm, I'm going to go crazy. I got money to spend. Haven't spent a bunch of money this year. We're going to buy this too. Give me two picks. Two picks. Mm, I like it. Two picks. A two hundred percent increase. They, they, they call. PR up, they bro. I see they call Stetson Bennett the mailman. I think we've got some 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 federal crimes. Some people intercepting mail mm. Saturday. I, I like one. Don't know if I like two, but I love Nick's energy. So I'm going to agree and say the Gators get two, just so Nick doesn't feel out on an island uh, because it was still one. All right, let's see here. Uh, Gators um, did have. Um, a sack against uh, against LSU and in four straight games have gotten sacks. They've gotten 10 sacks in the last four games. Do you think the Gators can not only continue that streak, uh, but get one and a half or get two sacks or more in this game? Breaking it down for you guys, the last four, the Gators have gotten three against Tennessee, two against Eastern Washington, didn't have much of a pass rush. I like, I like Cox to finally uh, start pulling people. Yo! I got to clip that one for the Skrr! air. Uh, <laughs> hey! Stadium and Gale chopped and screwed. Brandon Cox um, <laughs> uh, could possibly I – mean, he gets a little revenge uh, to, to, to get in, in a game like this. I know I know he's going to be up for this one, man. So I think we get yeah. too sad. I think he has already stats these twice. Yeah, he yeah. Like so. I guess – 
like we said, he leads the NCAA and almost sacks. I like him to get a couple. I like the Gators to get a couple in this game too. I think that there's an opportunity. Uh, you know, Stetson Bennett, while he can run uh, and is relatively mobile, and does prefer to stick in the pocket a little bit more. So I do like the Gators. I'd potentially get two sacks against Georgia. All right, guys, this one is on the defensive side of the ball. The fewest I'm third I'm selling, down. I'm selling the sacks if you didn't ask me. This season, outside of the Kentucky game, where they only allowed four conversions on 13 attempts, um, the Gators have allowed eight against Utah, eight conversions, eight against USF, six against Tennessee, eight against Eastern Washington, eight, nine, pardon me, against Missouri, and then eight against LSU. Uh, That six that they only allowed up against Tennessee uh, was because they only had nine total attempts. Will the Gators be on seven conversions on third down or less this game? Georgia, Georgia might not even get the third down. Well, Nick, <laughs> you can factor that in. Um, I got yeah. I have no faith in. Stop disrespecting my, my my team, saying they're not going to get the third down. We're lead at <laughs> second now. We may we may get them to a lot of third and long. Just, that's that's the reverse. issue. That's right. the crazy part is that Florida's winning on first down and winning on second down and then just forgetting how to football on third and 30. Um, I have no faith in, in the defense. I'll be uh, – They also aren't surprised. too bad on fourth down either. Uh, I take that back. Nah, pretty nah. bad. You take that <laughs> Eastern Washington out of there and that yeah. number's not all that that great. Sorry. Yeah, when it when it comes to third down defense, um, I'm a I'm a I'm selling any Florida stock, which I think is a penny stock at this point. All right. So. Yeah, Eight. I'm selling it, man, for sure. Right. Silk's got I'm a lot of confidence. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna. <laughs> Oh, sorry. Never mind. You're going to sell that they're going to stop less than eight. My apologies. I thought I worded the question the opposite way. I'm going to buy that the Gators don't allow Georgia to convert eight third downs. Not going to tell you why. I don't think. I just don't think that they're going to convert eight third downs. All right. Um, tell me why. I know you. Homer. Homerism. I got it a little well, bit that, too. Yeah, a little bit of that and maybe a lot of first and second down stuff. Uh, and then uh, finally, um, spread 22 and a half. Um, you think the Gators cover the spread, Nick? Yes, Florida covers. I think Florida Absolutely. covers too. Absolutely. So that's a crazy spread until they cover it. If they cover it, then it's not, it's not crazy. Then it's like, they come <laughs> right now, it's like a crazy thing. spread. That spread is crazy. It's disrespectful yeah, until yeah. they win by 24. And then, damn, yeah, it's like Vegas, they something. know what they're doing. Right, yeah. right, they right, they right. knew what was up, huh? So if you guys are interested in betting this game, if you bet $100 on Florida to win on the money line, uh, you'll win $1,250. Uh, on the flip side, you'd have to bet $2,800 on Georgia on the money line to win $100. Uh, so definitely like a, uh, heavy that's odds like, for that's Georgia. like a John Ruiz ROI. Bro, that's nuts. His stocks and Vietnam mind. Uh, I don't need to get uh, – Threats against me and my family. Oh God, yeah, yeah, man. Y'all leave John alone, man. Y'all don't know smoke with John, but yeah, yeah no, no smoke with John. Uh, John's gonna be um, out of here in a little minute. You gotta worry about it, man. Mario yeah, keeps oh, yeah. thinking about oh. the place, and he's gonna be out the thought in a little minute. 
Yeah. Um, all right. Let's give a, a quick shout out to True Classic Tees. Visit them, trueclassictees.com uh, forward slash SG25. Get 25% off of your, or pardon me, 20% off of your order. Uh, great t shirts, great fit uh, for, uh, for going out, uh, polos, t shirts, uh, shirts to wear under jackets. Um, dress shirts or probably not dress shirts athletic shirts a whole gambit of different things and a lot of different colors a lot of different styles from v-necks to deep v-necks uh to regular crew cut and uh, a little bit more uh loose around the collar whatever it might be go visit trueclassictees.com i am a big fan of their uh, product so again trueclassictees.com forward slash sg25 get you a nice discount and helps the pod. All right, gentlemen, uh, last thing before we end the show tonight, uh, since last episode, uh, right guard, uh, Josh Braun, who was on the show before the season started, um, has announced that he is going to be graduating in December uh, and will be transferring. Uh, I don't think it's a huge surprise for a lot of people. I think some people were definitely surprised about the timing of it. Uh, but Nick, Nick and Silka, why don't you uh, talk a little bit more about uh, – your thoughts on Josh Braun leaving? Um, I really enjoy our interview with him. Um, yeah, thought he was fantastic good, uh, interview. Thought yeah. he was a good kid. Um, obviously mature, married. Um, I think the writing was on the wall. I think he had an opportunity to start at right tackle. Obviously, getting Osiris Torrance in, who's who's been one of the best offensive linemen, um, the best interior offensive linemen according to Pro Football Focus in the right. country. Um, Going to be hard to you know start there. I think once. Uh, Torrance goes down and Richie Leonard gets all the snaps um, last week against or two weeks ago against LSU. Um, you know, you start looking and you're thinking, okay, well, where can I go? He uh, he's only a sophomore because uh, of the COVID year. So uh, leaves now so he can finish the class to graduate. Also maintain his red shirt. Um, and uh, not going to say where he's going to go, but had a great relationship with Sam Pittman was committed to Georgia before Pittman uh, took the head coaching job at Arkansas. Um, so that might be a place uh, to look for Josh Braun to land, but nothing bad to say about him. I do what's best for you and your family. And you're going to get a degree from, from the number five public school in the country um, in three years. So smart kid. Yeah. Yeah. Still go ahead. So, no, no, just same same sentiments. Uh came in. Uh a lot of opportunity this year, I think, to 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 grab a seat with a new staff. Uh depth chart kind of worked itself out uh, a little bit there. Uh you seen O'Torrance go down, then uh Richie Leonard came in to replace him and, and look good himself. Uh so a lot of the writing was on the wall. Uh best of luck to to uh Josh Brun. I think he ends up uh, at, not to say anything for certain, but like like Nick said, the relationship with Pittman makes a lot of sense. He flipped to us after Pittman got the Arkansas job, so that may make a lot of sense as, at, sense as a grad transfer. Um, we'll see what's up, but not mad at it. We got to get some more bodies in here for sure, though. Portal in through the recruiting class. Yeah, uh, definitely. It'll be a grad transfer with three years to play. So I mean, you look at um, just his size. And, and that availability, mm-hmm. um, there's going to be a lot of schools, uh, you know, probably – or I guess they can't because he, he hasn't graduated yet, so he can't officially enter the portal until December 5th. Uh, but I'd imagine his, his phone will light up uh, on December 5th. Yeah, and I think that there's going to be a great home for him. I think that he's a, a guy that's going to get, you know, a graduate degree. I think that he's going to have a, a great potential career. Um, 
you know, potentially in, you know, playing college football or playing uh, in the NFL. Um, I, I do think that he, you know, with the right coaching and development still has the the body and the intangibles to potentially do that. Uh, but I do think that no matter what he does and all of my interactions with uh, Josh Braun, whether it be through some of the Gator Collective uh, events in, in places that we've been at together, whether it's through corresponding uh, with him when we were planning and setting up this interview uh, to talking with him after a uh, really an outstanding young man, uh, great family. I would certainly wish him the best. And, you know, certainly congratulations on getting your degree in three years. That's a, a really great achievement uh, and doing it on top of playing football is uh, definitely something to be um, admired for. Uh, like Silk said, Osiris Torrance uh, was named to the midseason All-American team, uh, which was uh, by the Associated Press. Um, he was the only Gators player on that list, so congratulations to Osiris Torrance for that. Uh, in other offensive line news, uh, Austin Barber um, was placed on the College Football News midseason freshman All-American team. Uh, he's ranked number 16 right now uh, on Pro Football Focus uh, for tackles in the country, um, which is fantastic. Uh, so shout out to him. I know that when he committed to the University of Florida, there were some eyebrows raised. There were some comments that were being made. Uh, but ultimately, uh, congratulations to Austin Barber on his uh, inclusion on that. Uh, and Nick, you're correct. Mike is here. Mike just left his computer. So when he gets back, we will uh, bring um, him into the studio. And on that list, on that list watch, uh, we're on brick watch now. Uh, we're on brick watch for Osiris Torrance. Osiris Torrance. Um, yep. He was named nice. a midseason Associated Press All American. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, we There's... actually just talked about that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I thought you said Austin Barber. We were talking about we talked about Osiris Torrance before that. The whole kitten caboodle about him. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah no, it's all right, Nick. Uh, with <laughs> that being said, Nick's obviously paying attention to the pod. Uh, with that, uh, from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, we are going to bring in Mike Griffith to talk a little bit more about the Florida-Georgia game. Mike, thank you so much for joining us this evening. Hey, guys. How's it going, man? Absolutely. Great, That's Mike. How's fantastic. it going, man? Good, good. Uh, Mike, we got through kind of everything that we wanted to talk about about the Florida game or the Florida side of the game, uh, you know, what we wanted to see and everything else. Uh, obviously, from your perspective, you cover Georgia, uh, the number one team in the country, number two uh, defense in the country, number four offense in the country. Everything seems to be uh, rock and rolling. Might have gotten those numbers mixed up. Anyway, regardless, uh, Mike, from your perspective, talk to us a little bit about uh, the Georgia team that we can expect to see on Saturday. Well, I mean, you go back a year ago and, you know, that was the best team in the country. I think they outgained Florida. No, actually, I think Florida outgained Georgia by one yard last year, right? That's a win in Dan Mullen's book. So well, Florida beat Georgia last year. <laughs> well, you know, that's a three to zero game with three minutes left in the first half before Anthony Richardson, you know, makes those rookie mistakes and those turnovers. I mean, the Georgia defense produced essentially 21 points in two and a half minutes, but you know, you, you take those uh, three minutes of hell away from Florida and you could make the argument that they outplayed Georgia. I mean, you go back and look at how Stetson play, Bennett played. He didn't play well at all. I know the, the cool thing was to rip the Florida defensive coordinator last year, but he actually did as well against Stetson Bennett as anybody Georgia played all year. So, you know, I didn't, you know it wasn't like Georgia just came in there and, and, and stopped Florida. That didn't happen. Um, didn't happen the year before either. I mean, Kyle Ta Trask scored what? 
24 points in the second quarter. Um, so, I, I mean, it's been a minute since Georgia 2019 that won one of Georgia's better team. I think Lawrence Cager, that was a close game, right? They needed Eli Wolf to catch a third down pass or the Gators would have got the ball back. Yeah. I think you got to go back to 2018, the really the last time that, that really Georgia – you know, throttled or controlled a game, but 2019, 2020, 2021 takes the points off the scoreboard and just look at how the guys played. And, you know, Florida's, Florida's playing with Georgia. So uh, this year, Georgia uh, has looked really, really good at times against Oregon, very efficient, uh, very good and efficient against South Carolina, you know, but then a few weeks ago, they were down 10 in the fourth quarter to Missouri, right? So, um, I, I'm intrigued by this game. I'm interested by this game. I think the point spread is is too much. Uh, really, uh, I know Florida lacks some defensive depth, and I, I know that Georgia's traditionally been a team that can wear teams down physically. Um, but I'm not sure that's the case. This this Georgia team's built a little different, a little more perimeter oriented, uh, and the front on the defensive front isn't as dominant as you've seen over the last four or five years. Mike, where where can you attack Georgia? We, as we were going through the stats, I mean, the number one total defense, scoring defense, like number one passing defense, uh, number one third down offense. Uh, I don't know if you've looked at it, but Florida's got the worst third down defense in the entire country. Where is – you've talked more, high, more highly of Florida than I think we did for the first hour of the show. Um, where can Florida or any team attack Georgia? Where is a weakness for the Dogs? Well, I don't know that, you know, I'm not going to sit here and tell you there's a weakness in terms of relative to the league. But, um, you know, Oregon outrushed Georgia. You know, Oregon had the same number of first. The the deal with the Oregon game was they turned the ball over on two of their first three possessions. I mean, heck, look, Kent State put 22 points on Georgia. If if Kent State can score 22, wouldn't you think Florida could? Uh, Missouri scored 22 points. Um, You know, this again, they they lost – Five first round first round picks off their defense. They lost 15 NFL players and another 13 to the portal, including one of your guys that had a pick six. And I haven't seen him since. I don't know. Maybe he stepped on Billy Napier's shoes during a drill. But Jalen Carter's a hell of, a, or excuse me, Jalen Kimber is a hell of a cornerback. I ain't seen him out there since he helped win a game for Florida. I don't know what's going on, but I guess somebody went to the office crying or something. Who knows? It's, you know, with kids these days and, and the politics of recruiting, but. Um, where can you attack George? I, I, well, I mean, they're, they're defensive front. We don't know the status of Jalen Carter, uh, you know, the five-star from Apopka, Florida. You know, back in the day, you know, Spurrier never let those guys get out of state, but that was a big one for Georgia to get. He was a key to their national championship run last year. Jalen got injured the first play of the season against Oregon. He hurt his ankle, and uh, he'd only played like eight snaps in the second half of games, um, had been really limited. And then he, he injured his MCL in his knee against Missouri, and he's been out. And we don't really know his status for this game. My guess would be that if he plays, it's, it's not going to be vintage Jalen Carter. Uh, he's a top-five pick. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I don't anticipate that being a, a big difference. So their defensive front uh, isn't what it used to be. I know that Florida can run the ball pretty effectively. Uh, you know, if they can control the ball and, and not turn it over – I mean, like I said, I mean, last year it's three to zero against that defense. Um, now, nobody's going to confuse Billy Napier for Dan Mullen as an offensive genius. I mean, 
that's for sure. I mean, he's still got to figure out when to go for one and two. From from my experience watching that Tennessee game, he cost his team a chance to go to overtime, whatever his book says. But um, I don't know that he's the play caller or the offensive mind that Dan Mullen uh, was, is. Um, I guess he's the recruiter, so I guess we'll just wait three or four years for that to matter. But um, they can run the ball, and I think Anthony Richardson is fantastic. Again, I was at the Florida-Tennessee game, and um, I was just amazed at how Anthony played. Now, granted, Tennessee is one of the worst pass defenses in the country, but still, uh, watching what Anthony could do, Kirby speaks very highly of this kid. He's very impressed. I was impressed when I interviewed him at media days. Florida just doesn't have the perimeter threats to stretch the field out. Uh, but if the Gators can run the ball effectively, maybe they can get a little play-action game going, maybe a little RPO game. Uh, my intel down there in Florida tells me Anthony Richardson doesn't really like to get hit. You know, maybe maybe if he decides to buckle up and, and tighten a chin strap and take a few for the team, maybe you slug this one out, especially – if am I hearing there's supposed to be like 10 to 15 mile an hour winds down there? Is that is that the word on this game? I hope so. I'd heard I thought I heard <laughs> that. you know if, if if this is a game where Georgia can't throw it all over the park, and, and again, you know, Georgia's been without uh some of their perimeter receivers at their best, right? So AD Mitchell uh is kind of their go-to guy, and he's been out since the second game of the season, essentially with a high ankle sprain. I mean, he's come back and dressed and taking a few snaps here or there, but he hasn't been himself. Now, does he come back as the A.D. Mitchell we saw that made that 40-yard catch in the national title game, um, you know, fast-twitch guy that can break down single press coverage on the outside? If he's back, that's really big because they've been missing that. Lad McConkey's the other perimeter guy. Uh, you know, he's been playing through a foot and a toe, uh, has had moments where he's looked like himself, but, but he hasn't really been 100. So George's perimeter guys – uh, have not been there to stretch the field. And and so we saw Missouri and even Auburn have a lot of success pressing those receivers on the outside, challenging Stetson Bennett to throw the ball downfield against man coverage. Um, again, you know, Stetson uh, didn't play well against Florida last year. A uh, year before he was up 14 to zero uh, when he injured his shoulder on a touchdown pass to Marcus Rosemey Jack Saint, another one of those uh, Florida guys, St. Thomas Aquinas, I believe. Uh, that somehow got out of the state of Florida that's up here now as a possession receiver. So I, I, this isn't – guys, I'm not drinking the Kool-Aid on Georgia. They're 7-0. and They're extremely well coached. They're not – I don't think they're going to beat themselves. Um, but like I said, they're down 10 to Missouri in the fourth quarter, uh, what, a few weeks ago. So it, it's there for you, I think. Uh, how, do yeah. you, how do you think uh... – Real quick, just jump in real quick. Yeah. How do you think uh, uh, Georgia stacks up against uh, scrambling quarterbacks, the guys that can out, get outside the pocket? Because I, I think Georgia's going to be thinking the same thing you're thinking. Load the box, uh, make Anthony Richardson, especially if it's windy outside, make, make Anthony Richardson have to beat uh, us with uh, the guys that can't stretch the field and, and take the lid off the defenses. Um, so how do you guys fare up against scrambling quarterbacks or guys that lead the pocket? And we've talked about it uh, a little bit for just for your knowledge, Mike. I think Anthony with Florida's uh, injuries at behind him at quarterback has been hesitant to run and take those hits. I don't think he's a guy that will shy away from contact. And, and with Jack Miller coming back and should be healthy. No, I haven't um, seen him run into contact to, to, to stand on that, Nick. I got to see him 
uh trucks at least a db or something for me to believe that <laughs> i like i like i'm be i'm just gonna be i'm a i'm a i'm a ar fanboy I, I love the kid right um but i do like think some some of mike intel may be correct as far as him not want to like uh on uh, a contact well that you know you can't you can't do it every game right you don't want to do it against what south floor although that one kind of went down the wire maybe save himself for the florida state game but but look this, this is a game you know this this is a game where you you know you lay it on the line and the gators are 22 point dogs i mean they've got all the uh added incentive uh ever you know and everybody's kind of writing them off you know people are talking about the georgia tennessee game the next week i mean it sets up really well for florida as an underdog if if they can execute and, and to your point, as far as Anthony Richardson, so there's a couple schools of thought on that, you know, and whether you pressure him, you know, this is a different Anthony Richardson than Georgia saw last year. You got to be careful when you bring in an extra guy, and Georgia doesn't really like to do that. You bring an extra guy against a scrambling quarterback, you give him a chance to beat you, right? I, I think you'd rather, if, if the receivers can't get open, then you try to keep a guy like that trapped in the pocket. And eventually he, you know, he puts the ball downfield into coverage. You don't let him beat you with his legs or, or you, you spy him if you're going to you bring pressure. But the, he'll see a mix. I mean, George is probably as well coached defensively. Well, after the way Alabama looked the other night, I'd say they are the best coach defense in the country. Um, so it's going to be on Anthony to make plays. Look, George is not going to – you're not going to have guys running open – um, you know, even though Georgia's not as good in their defensive front as they've been the last few years, four or five years, I don't think they have very good linebackers. They're getting one of their linebackers back healthy this week. Smile Monday. He's a first year starter, but he's pretty good. He's fast sideline to sideline. Their safeties are their safeties are extremely good. Very talented there. Their cornerback play is better than a year ago. Uh, but Anthony Richards, he's going to have to play make. And, and it, it is. It, it's not fair. Uh, you know, it's you know, he's got a lot on him. These aren't vintage Gator receivers. I mean, they're, they're terrible. These guys would have even, I don't know if these guys would have made the travel squad on, on the great Gator teams we've seen in the past. They're just like, I don't even know who they are. I can't, like, who are they? I've never, I, who, who are, I don't know who they are. Like, when do we not know who the Florida wide receiver? I think Justin Short is having a good fall. Like, he's not, he's not the greatest receiver. I don't think he's Rita Anthony or like I hear you to nothing, Percy Harvin, but. I think he's a productive receiver and and and, 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 and could win some one on one matchups. Uh, he's just not going to blow the lid off. He's just six five, uh, so he he's going to body you up and be able to win some jump balls. Uh, and last year he struggled with his hands. This year I think his hands have been a lot better. Um, but he's I think he's top five six ish in yards in the SEC. Well, what you just said, not going to take the lid off. That's what's right. missing, right? That's the game changer, and and that's what George has been missing too. You know, with with A.D. Mitchell out and McConkey not 100 percent. I mean, you're probably sitting here going, who's Lad McConkey? Who's A.D.? Uh, you know, these guys, you know, you're not seeing these guys on the top of the draft. board. I mean, at least everybody knew who George Pickens was. He didn't uh, play. You wait till Saturday. Right. Well, I mean, you know, so, you know, neither one of these teams has, you know, dynamic. You know, we, we're not seeing the the receivers, the, the Jamar Chases and the, you know, Judy's of past years. I mean, the SEC, you know. Quite frankly, I think the league's a little bit down this year. If you want to know the truth, maybe last year too, uh, when you get right down to it. So, um, but getting back to this game and these matchups, uh, because George is efficient and the onus is going to be on Florida to make plays. But my guess would be Billy Donovan or Billy Donovan, Billy Napier, 
uh, the, the Nick Saban starter kit there, he's going to want to keep this game close. The longer this game stays close, the, the more opportunities for Florida. Uh, Georgia has not been uh, tested that much this year. Uh, we mentioned the South Carolina game. We mentioned the Oregon game. Um, Sanford was no contest. Vanderbilt, you know, at least they showed up for the game this time. But uh, Auburn was 14 to zero at halftime. They faded by the time the fourth quarter got there. That game was actually closer than you might think. That was only 21 to zero going into the fourth quarter when Stetson Bennett drove, uh, dropped uh, off a 64 yard run. And two of Georgia's touchdowns in the first half came on drives that were 40 yards or less. Auburn kind of did it to themselves. They faked a punt. They didn't make it. They gave Georgia a short field touchdown. And then on another one, McConkie returned to pump 38 yards, and they set up shop inside the 40. So it's not like they were real impressive um, against Missouri or Auburn. And, you know, Vanderbilt, like I said, I, I don't know. I, you know, we all know what we think of Vanderbilt. I mean, half the time they're not worth it, whatever you want to say. So, I, I, you know, 55-0 looked great, but Vanderbilt, right? That's the qualifier. George did have a bye week. Um, there's added incentive. They're in their stretch drive for a championship. But, but this Georgia team has not looked like a dominator to me. And I don't even know if I'd call South Carolina quality competition. Uh, they had had three injuries the week before. They were missing five out of 11 defensive starters when Georgia played them. Ooh. They had turnovers early. They fell behind early in a noon kickoff. It wasn't a typical uh, SEC hostile environment. Um, you know, Georgia's done it with efficiency and uh, and not beating themselves. So I guess what I'm saying is I any nothing would surprise me in this game, guys. I, I know I know Georgia's supposed to win by all these points and and maybe they will. You know, Florida's had a lot of uh, you know mistakes. Their defense. Th did I hear that they gave up nine straight conversions on third down and the one they didn't? They gave up a fourth down. Is that what I heard? Yes, against sir. That was about right. I mean, so you know, it's impressive. Which Florida, which Florida shows up, right? I mean, that that one. Yeah. Yeah. If Florida, but, it, but is it maybe the Florida shows up, you know, that I saw, uh, you know, against Utah, that was so doggone impressive. Or maybe the Florida shows up that my goodness, they're thrown into the end zone. In the Tennessee. I mean, yeah, Tennessee was like not a bad match, but we look good. We didn't win that football game, but it wasn't the same. I understand it, it, there are two tail. There are two different Florida teams that show up. Um, we'll see what happens Saturday. Yeah, I, I, I do think AR has to go crazy for us to win that football game. It's going to be dependent on uh, his his uh, X factor. If he taps into his X factor, his abilities to run the ball, extend plays, uh, those players that can't take the lid off, if he extend plays, then they could, you know, that's when receivers like that, they know how to find the open field, you know, you can make something happen. So that's what we got to make plays for us to win this football game. We're not going to win it uh, just straight up, just – running our regular plays and whatnot. Georgia's a very good football team. They, they are. They are, you know, but Georgia's offense has sputtered at times. And as long as you're – Mike, you're trying to make me feel good about this game. I'm not going to do it. <laughs> I'm just telling – all you got to do is put the Missouri tape in. Put I mean, look, they needed six possessions to score against Missouri. Now, maybe you think Missouri is a great football program. It's I like six, their front seven on defense. They, yeah. Okay. Are, are they better than Florida's? Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Tell me. Okay. <laughs> it, they needed four possessions to score against Auburn in a short field. Now, again, unless you want to read into that Vanderbilt game, I don't. Because I think Vanderbilt's just – I think they're the worst. I think they're terrible. 
Don't even know why they're in the league. You know, Nashville's a fun road trip for everybody, I guess. But Mike, don't ruin, don't ruin this. Don't ruin this for us writers, Mike. <laughs> that's that's my trip every other year. <laughs> don't you dare. They're that's great for they're great for academics and they're great for uh, morale on the beat. That's I got that's baseball what the Georgia writers and baseball. That's all Nick cares about. That, that's yeah, what the Georgia writers say to academics, me. Academics, baseball, and cities. This Jacksonville game, they say, don't be talking about leave, leaving Jacksonville. That's a great trip every year. You know, it was interesting Where? to hear Billy Napier's comments uh, <laughs> on that Jacksonville game today. You know, he's like, oh yeah, I understand why. You know, Kirby, and I'm thinking to myself, you know, because there's a chance Atlanta is trying to get in on this, right? So we know we know Jacksonville is going to throw a boatload of money, but Atlanta's trying to get in right now. Okay, they're trying to get a piece of this. And, and Napier being a North Georgia guy, I mean, there's value to playing that game in Atlanta in terms of exposure because, um, you know, Florida's not going to be an SEC title game for a few years. So hey, at hey, least hey, try hey, to hey. get up there. Well, they're just not. you got to recruit. The, the culture is flipping. And the whole question of Billy Napier, I know I joke around, but is does he get the runway? Because we're in a day and age now where a lot of these coaches don't get three full years. I mean, what if Florida goes, I don't know, where are they on pace for? Seven and five maybe this year? And, and maybe next year it's not a whole lot better. Um, you know, where, where is he at in year three? Is he, is he, are the fans saying he's going to get fired? Because then you're really not giving him three years. If you're starting to beat the drums in year three, then it's going to sabotage your recruiting, much like Auburn's doing to their head coach right now. Um, so the question is, does Napier get the runway? Has he given you enough equity? You know, the Utah win was great and everybody was excited, but man, the shine on that is really worn off, right? You've lost a couple games uh, that maybe you don't think you should have lost. I thought they were going to beat Kentucky. I thought that was a big moment. The stadium was packed out. Thought you had the cats on the ropes and, you know, Anthony Richardson, you know, tough, tough play there, pick six. Um, Gators have got to finish the year strong for Coach Napier to get the momentum that he needs and the confidence that he needs from the fan base because I don't sense that that's there right. You guys are there. Maybe I'm wrong, but Florida fans seem to be wavering a little bit on this right now. They fired his defensive coordinator, um, and they're firing him as play caller uh, seven games in. So, But, hey, Florida is recruiting it. well right now, so <laughs> it ebbs and flows. Yeah, I think Twitter is a small demographic of of, of loud people. Um, I think mm -hmm. from the, from a large perspective, uh, for the people that matter, they understand that it's a re, it's a rebuild. Uh, the problem with Florida the last few coaches has been burnouts. We had guys that come in and win right away, whether it was Muschamp, McElwain, mm -hmm. or Mullen. They all won right away. They all got to to Atlanta quick, uh, but they burned out quick. And you got the four and the five win seasons, and they were out of here. So. Um, I think with the age of Napier, I think there, there was a longevity move. So from an uh, institution standpoint, not not loud Twitter, you know, those people just rabbit fans, fanatics. But from an institution standpoint, the people that matter, they understand that it's a, it's a long bill. Billy's young. Uh, they invested a lot. And I think in three years we should be – these guys can recruit. I'm going to tell you something, Mike. We've had some <laughs> some recruiters around here before, and he's on the level as, as Muschamp was good defensively. Uh, he couldn't get the offensive guys, but uh, this 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 staff could recruit just as well, I think, as, as the Urban staff. And we'll see how we close up here on our, our signing day. But we got some recruiters here. I think the talent level is going to gonna close the gap a little bit with Georgia uh, every year that he's here. And if the next guy don't get anything else, he's going to get a very talented roster is what I think. 
That's huge. I mean, and that's everything. You know, you got to have the talent. You know, we're sitting here talking about Anthony Richardson, and I think he's legit. I mean, you you move. I mean, what if you traded quarterbacks? You put Anthony Richardson on Georgia. Stetson been on Florida. Man, I mean, you know what I'm saying. So you got to be real about the supporting cast. You've got to be real about the ask. Uh, I'm I'm impressed with. Like I said, I'm impressed with this guy. This is a guy that I believe has a very bright future ahead of him uh, in the NFL. Uh, may win some big games at Florida. I, I'm guessing he's – I know is he's third-year sophomore. I'm guessing he'll stick around, um, even though you see these wild first-round projections with right. his talent level. Um, and you just you just see him. I mean, the guy just – he moves like a panther. Big, strong, intelligent, intellectual <laughs> guy. Um, he doesn't he, though. Doesn't he? He's smooth. He, he, he reminds me of Cam Newton. Cam Newton, when you watch Cam on his game – and I know there's some Cam haters out there. Let me tell you, when Cam Newton was on his game, nobody was better. Nobody. When he was on his game, it wasn't always, but you just saw how he took over games. What do you do against a guy that's that big, that fast, that athletic, that arm strength, uh, that savvy? And I can see all that in Anthony Richardson, but there's so much being put on him because of the lack of receivers uh, that can, you know, I think no offense to short. Cam other guys running open. Yeah, Cam Newton had a lack of receivers in that uh, at the, on that Auburn team he took to the national championship. I think the difference was Cam did one two reads and he used his best attributes, his legs to to create havoc. Uh, Anthony Richardson wants to be more Aaron Rodgers than Cam yeah. Newton. Is, is my overall take on that. Um, and yeah, I think our offense would be better suited for him to just one two read take off, but that's not what's happening. Well, we'll see, well we'll see because against Georgia. It's it's going to take, as we said, it's going to take uh, Anthony Richardson making plays, and that's that's tough and unfair. You know what though? Maybe it'll take that for Stetson Bennett too. I mean, again, we don't know the the, the uh, condition of Ad Mitchell, the lead receiver. Now, Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington, those guys are, I mean, they're they're pretty sick. You know, I mean, good lord, uh, it, it's a tough cover. Brock Brock Bowers is a uh, like a big wide receiver, kind of a, a George yeah, Kittle. Yeah, Nick does every week, man. Bro, I, I said uh, probably a fan. month ago, I said Brock Bowers might be the best player in the country. Well, he's only catching about three and a half passes a game, so something's not adding up there, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's like that's like oh, Nick Lane, wrong, Mike? Lane, that's like Lane Kiff and OJ Howard <laughs> levels of egregious, not getting Brock Bowers the ball. Uh, I'll go, I'll take the over on Brock Bowers three over three and a half catches versus <laughs> I think that's a safe bet. You will. I think that's a safe bet, Nick. Dar- Darnell Washington is is actually, I think. In, in some respects more dangerous because you know th- this guy when we say he's almost six eight we're not nobody's exaggerating he's really that big he's really six seven two eighty legit and there's no and he's got hands like this guy's got gloves now I mean we ain't talking about a guy that drops he doesn't drop passes his hands are like glue there'll be people all over him and then he'll run somebody over or pull him uh, and he can block. He can really knock people off the ball. I mean, this is going to be a – he's going to be on somebody's fantasy football team next year. This guy's legit. And and then uh-huh. if Eric Gilbert gets involved, who he got reintroduced, uh, made his first catch with Georgia last week, scored a touchdown. They've been bringing him along slowly. Um, but that guy's a cheat code. I mean, he's like the guy you make up when you play the video games. You're like, I'm going to be this tall. I'm going to be this fast. I'm going to have this kind of skill up. He's unbelievable when he's on the field. So George has got some guys they can put in there, but this, it's not like some well-oiled machine where you go into every game knowing one, two, three, four uh, on your receivers and knowing 
uh, what you're going to get at the quarterback position or even knowing what you're going to get out of the ground game. They're down to three scholarship running backs. You know, Kenny McIntosh, another one of those Florida guys we talk about the getaway. Um, you know, he uh, from down there in a Pompano Beach, um, he's their lead guy. Um, then they got a couple other guys that are, I mean, Georgia fans celebrate them, but honestly, they're, I don't think they're anybody that you're going to, you know, see starting in the NFL anytime soon. Dejon Edwards and Branson Robinson, I mean, they're, they're, I mean, they're okay, but they're nobody that's going to strike fear. McIntosh is the whole, only home run hitter out of that backfield. So um, I don't know, man. Like I said, if Florida plays clean and plays their best game, there's upset potential here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. I like true. it. It's true. I mean, it's true. Like I said, just hey. keep going back. Missouri. I keep going back to Missouri. 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 Missouri was winning by 10 points. They, they had fourth and two. Georgia's down 10 in the fourth quarter facing a fourth and two at the three-yard line. Down 10. And, and they give it to Kenny. Kenny runs over a guy and gets it. But what if he gets stopped there? I mean, it, it was it was scary. Now, Stetson had his shoulder banged up a little bit that game. He says he's he's fine now and he's looked okay. But tight man coverage, and, and I don't know, the, the Gators, they still got some players. I mean, it's not it's not like – I was surprised. I'll be honest with you. I've been – you know, I got to pick games every week. You guys probably do that too. I've been burned by Florida. I, don't know how many, I keep thinking, you know, they're going to beat Kentucky. Oh, they're going to beat LSU. Oh, this is the week that – it's like what is, and then Billy does these press conferences. Oh, this is a great game. We all love each other. Like what? What is this? Did did Butch Jones write the script for you? Like where are these post game comments from Billy Napier coming from? Did you read his transcript after the last game, guys? This is a great game we play. I'm thinking, what was that audience like? I would have loved to have seen the Florida media when he opened his press conference talking about what a great game it was and an honor to play it. Man, you're at Florida. They don't have time for this crap. This is not Louisiana Loft, wherever the hell you were at. No, we, no, this program wins now. People get fired for not winning 10 games here, man. There's no pace. Don't try to smooth it over. You're not going to put the con and everybody's going to go, you know what? He's right. We just love playing the game. The hell with the scoreboard. Are you kidding me? There's a standard here at Florida. And that's why I get so angry when you get this mediocrity mentality. Like when Dan Mullen said that we had a good season last year and it was eight, I said, that wasn't a good season. Florida people aren't taking that, man. That is never going to – Gators are never going to chew on that. That is not what Coach Spurrier brought to that school. And and I don't know if you know it, Nick, but I got to tell you this. I got to do self-promotion here. A few years ago, I reached out to Coach Spurrier – uh, I do the first year coach of the year award. And a few years ago, I reached out to coach Spurrier and asked him if he would be the namesake for our award. And I'm the chairman of the Steve Spurrier coach of the year award. And we had a great banquet down there at Spurrier's gridiron grill last February. Uh, and just talking to that legend and seeing all those nineties Gators that were there, Kevin Carter was there Doring, Matthews Werfel. And I'm just thinking to myself, you know, how did it get away? How did it get away from, you know, Urban Meyer won his games. I know there were some guys with some off. But how did it get away? How could Florida be that removed 
from what became the most elite, dominant program. What does Spurrier win? Six or seven titles in 12 or 13 years in the most talent-rich state in the Southeast? So that's why I get a little frustrated. I think Florida fans get a little confused by all that. But I have a different standard for Florida football, uh, having covered the SEC in the 90s, than maybe some of these younger Gator fans do. Well, recruiting has changed. Uh, you keep mentioning these guys from St. Thomas Aquinas uh, and from Florida that are at Georgia, um, and, and they're at Clemson, and they're at Alabama, too, and uh, some of them are going to Florida. Florida change State. on think, the way, Nicholas. It's a change I think, on I think, the way. I think the last coach recruited uh, in the same time frame that Spurrier recruited in the 90s when recruiting is really a 24-7, 365 um, game right now. But, yeah, no, those expectations from Florida fans – have not changed, if anything, have only gotten stronger um, since the Spurrier. Spurrier set the standard. I think Urban Meyer uh, injected it with steroids, and, 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 it, and it took off from there. So, uh, yeah, Florida fans, um, I think they, if they were being realistic, they would have thought and would have said 8-4 and four this year in the first year, given the roster um, and, and given the turnover, would be a good season. Well, this could – I'll tell you what. Everything could change Saturday afternoon. Can you imagine if they beat Georgia? I mean, everything could change if if Anthony Richardson plays this game that we all know that he has in him, and if if Georgia, you know, sputters offensively, turns the ball over, um, early special teams moment. I mean, this is the beauty of the game being in Florida for Florida. I mean, this should be a home game for Georgia, but it's not. And so, um, you know, that opens the door to momentum. And when you're Georgia and you're number one, there's, you know, there's an inherent pressure that comes with that. And they've lost the number one ranking before by not looking good this year. Again, you know, everybody has that Oregon game in mind, right? Everybody has that 49 to three man that was, but you go back and look, both those teams had 14 first downs in the first half. Oregon outrushed Georgia that day. The difference was turnovers and efficiency. Georgia was able to score on their first seven drives, touchdowns. If you look at the last month, Georgia has really struggled in the red zone. So while they may be second in the nation in yards per game, you look at the – they're not second in the nation scoring because their red zone numbers, their touchdown ratio in the red zone um, prior to – I guess they fixed it against Auburn, a, another, you know, dying team out there in Vanderbilt, you know. But before the Auburn and Vanderbilt games, they were at about a 60% touchdown uh, ratio in the red zone, whereas – the best, like I think Ohio State's at 90. I want to say Alabama and Tennessee score touchdowns 80%. Georgia was only 60. So if the Gators hold them to field goals, if the, if the Gators force some turnovers, if the Gators don't turn it over, and that's the same formula. But the thing that's different is you've got that running back down there, that ETN kid. Man, he can run. And if the Gators can run the ball and stay ahead of the chains, uh, that'll protect Anthony from the sort of pressure that he faced last year. And that'll give them a chance because now you've got the defense and some run-pass conflict. And if your defense is doing their job and not breaking down and leaving guys running wide open and forcing Georgia to set up field goals, I mean, this this could be a game. If Florida's played teams the first half, they're tough. They wear out a little bit because they lack that depth on defense. But in a game like this, um, you know, if there is 10 to 15-mile-an-hour wins and it, it turns into this ground battle, um, that, that would be really intriguing. Yeah, Mike. Mike, this is not what I expected. To, not what I expected. Yeah, this you. isn't what I Nick, expected. Nick, Nick, don't, Nick don't like that. You, <laughs> Nick, Nick said we yeah. had to play perfect. Uh, yeah. We had to like uh, not leave our glass slipper at the crib. A whole lot of shenanigans, man. Like we're not <laughs> no. a real football team. Like we bandy. 
He made it sound like we was Vandy. Uh, yeah, Mike. Appreciate you. You got to hear the interview. You'll never believe it. Strikes eight on Saturday, and that pump that uh, that cherry is turned into a pumpkin. Well, I talked to a long ass game, then Nick. I talked to a lot of CBS. That's a good point. People in Florida. I talked to people in Florida regularly. I talked with Coach Spurrier every now and then. I talked with with uh, our our mutual friend Edgar Thompson of the Orlando Sentinel. I talked with parents of players at the Gators, and and they love Billy Napier. And, and he's got a good vibe going in the clubhouse. And that's what fans don't see and don't understand. And, you know, like Silk was talking about a minute ago, it, peop, the, the people that matter do understand that it's a process. And it is going to take Billy Napier time. And, and there are going to have to be some NIL deals. I mean, the most exciting thing I read today out of those transcripts was that Anthony Richardson's got a Gatorade deal. Well, hell yeah, he ought to. Listen. That's what you've got to do. You've got to show these players – that, that you'll be rewarded at Florida. You know, you got that new facility opening up with that lazy river water park and all the athletes <laughs> be like your own little Olympic village. You got some momentum there, but you got to get a win. You got to get that marquee win. And, and, and Florida would be that, or excuse me, Georgia, you want to put that bulldog hand on the wall. That would be great. If you don't get it still plenty of time, you know, Florida state, you know, that, that makes everybody feel good, I guess. You, you can at least get that. Maybe you, your guys show up at the bowl game. Maybe they don't. I don't know. But I, I think that if Billy can get something to build on, because you saw how quickly the Florida fans responded when they beat Utah. I mean, it was the, the electricity was unmistakable. And, and I bought in. I was one of those people that I said, oh, he's back. You know, here comes Kentucky. And then, oh, no, they're really – no, they're not. You know, and then, oh, yeah, LSU. Oh, yeah. There's some growing pains on the on, – on. There's still some growing pains on the way, man. Well, there, but but this game, this this you know because again, this is not this is not last year's Georgia. This is not last year's Georgia. That's what I said. I don't know. I, it don't I take last so. year's Georgia I hope to, so to for like the game's sake. Yeah, uh, we'll see, man. I'm excited for Saturday, uh, Mike. Appreciate. It. Thanks for coming through, man. Yeah. Great intel. Uh, I'm glad really you did. I'm glad you showed up. I was afraid you wasn't. And then Nick had us just all bummed out, man. It was a yeah. lot of negative information about uh <laughs> you think what what do you feel about the spread ultimately? You think they cover the spread? It's it's really hard to say, you know. Um 22 points is is you know, that's 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 a lot. It it, it could go either way. Like I said, they beat Missouri 26-22. They beat South Carolina 48 to 6. I I don't know what Georgia shows up. I mean, Georgia has not been consistent. You know, think about this. Last year's defense in the regular season for Georgia, pre-Bryce Young, uh, allowed 6.9 points per game, right? An Alabama team, by the way, that Florida should have beaten. There's still some people wondering if you should have fired Mullen. But that, that, if Florida – just think about one game, what a difference that could make. If Dan Mullen beats Bama in the opener, think about the conversation we're having right now. Are, are we having this? So, you know – the way Florida's played Georgia lately, like I said, you go back a year ago, and the players know. I mean, everybody else just looks at, oh, 34-7. Everybody looks at the scoreboard. Take the scoreboard away. Take away two and a half minutes. Take away two and a half minutes of a quarterback making his first start. You got a ball game, man. And, 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 and 15 of those guys are gone to the NFL. And another 13 of them left in the portal. Four of them that were in the two deep, including a cornerback that, like I said, last time I saw him, he had a pick six. I don't know what happened after that. Guy was playing with a broken hand and saved the game for you. He's a player. 
Jalen Kimber's a player, man. That guy is sticky. He's a great cover guy. He was in line to start. That was a steal yeah. for Florida. Um, you know, Brenton Cox, I mean, goodness gracious. Brenton is, you know, Kirby said today he thinks he was the most disruptive player defensively that, that they've seen to this point this year. And he that's another guy that can take over games. What game was it? South Florida that he took over in the final minute? Um, mm-hmm. One of those. So you've got some dudes. And Ventral Miller, this guy's all over the place. I'm having what was that guy's name? Channing Crowder was that that guy? Flashbacks, Gator line, great Gator linebackers. Uh, uh, the freak, Javon. Like you're trolling me, Mike. You hike my. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, Mike. Mike is like Mike is like Dana White right now. Mike is selling the He's hell selling out of, hell out of, out of, out of, of this pay per view Saturday. Come on, we're over here like man. This is gonna be. I was uh, thinking about going to the three hour party, man. bloodbath. <laughs> so, so good, you might have so to change the whole weekend plan now. You got a puncher's. You got a puncher's chance. I mean, you got the number one team coming in. I believe so. And you got a puncher's chance, and 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 that's all you could ask for, right? What are you? You what? One and three in the league, and and yet there's a way you could beat the number one team in the country based on based on stuff we all saw. You know, so you, the thing of it is, players know. The Florida players know what they went up against. They know that that they can play with these guys. They're not looking like, oh, this is this team coming in. Oh, man, this is Joe Burrow 2019 or Tua Tungvaluwa 2018 or, uh, you know, you know they're, they're Alabama 20. No, that's not what this team is. This is a game where the Florida guys are going, man, we had these guys. We had these. We stopped these guys. We Look at Stetson Bennett's numbers from that game last year. Just look at them. I mean, it is what it is. Now, if you're going to leave people open, if you're going to make mistakes, if you're going to turn the ball over, then you're going to get pounded. But the teams that have played clean against Georgia have have been able to stay in the game. Now they're Georgia again. They're not going to beat themselves. Kirby's a really good coach. They got a good. They got good karma. They got good leadership. Um, you know, it's it's a well coached, talented team, but they're not dynamic. Last year's team was defensively dynamic. Um, this team hasn't really, really since the, the Oregon game. When they scored on their first seven drives, teams have kind of adjusted. And they said, you know what? We're going to play tight coverage on the outside. We're not going to give them that short pass. We're going to make them beat us downfield. And, and we'll see how Billy plays it. We'll see how aggressive he, uh, he plays that. He's got a decision to make on how aggressive he wants to go at Georgia. It's going to be calculated. It's going to be based on what he's doing offensively. It's going to be based on the scoreboard. It's going to be based on the weather conditions. It's going to be based on whether or not these perimeter receivers from Georgia can go. McConkey can definitely go. We'll see what A.D. Mitchell can do. Um, But I I think if Florida can run – to me, the, the, the thing I keep thinking in the back of my mind and the reason why I'm not counting Florida out of making this a game, and I'm not picking them to up to beat Georgia, to be clear. I'm not predicting that. But I'm saying because of Florida's ability to run the football and stay ahead of the chains and put that defense and run past conflict, that's what gives Anthony Richardson a chance to be explosive is if he's facing second and three and second and four instead of second and ten. And if he's facing third and two instead of third and nine. If you can put that kid in a position where the defense has to guess, just give him a chance. Give him a fair chance to make some plays, and I think he'll amaze you. 
Well, Mike, we appreciate it, my friend. Uh, we appreciate the 45 minutes that you've spent with us today. We are running uh, at a little bit more than two hours, so we're going to cut you from here. We appreciate your time. Let it, let everybody know where they can follow you on Twitter, social media, uh, socials media, and uh, where they can read your articles. Thanks, guys. You can you can follow me at Mike Griffith 32. Uh, our website is dognation.com, uh, obviously affiliated with the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. We're the Georgia coverage team. And um, check out YouTube a little later on tonight um, over there on the Dog Nation YouTube channel. I talked to Jeremy Pruitt about, about this game and this team, and mm. he's my Monday night guest every week. So that's kind of fun. You get another, another opinion from another former coach that's kind of been there, done that, and seen it all. So it, it's, it's interesting. It's fun to talk about it. And, um, you know, like I said, Florida's got a lot going on right now. But, gosh, I mean yeah. – I can't wait for Saturday's game. I just I just don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be really interesting. Well, Mike, if you tell us we have a punter's chance or a puncher's chance, it was what Mike Tyson. Punter's chance. That's what Nick said. Tyson that said I punched in the mouth. So let's see how Saturday goes. Mike, thank you so much for your time this evening, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, guys. Enjoy Saturday. Well, thanks a lot, Mike. All Shout right. Well, Mike the inter- pulling up. Shout out to yeah. Mike for pulling up at the buzzard, man. I don't yeah. mind that, but we, we also got a big flip here, man. Yeah, Double yeah, we did. Actually, here. Mike, Mike's Let's sticking go. around. Let's Mike's sticking go. around. Um, the Gators while Mike man. flip. Um, this this happened. Let's see. When did the first comment happen? Uh, at 716. Shout out to uh to Black here. Pine Labs uh that let us know that we got to commit here at now 748. Uh the Gators flip. From FSU, the internet was buzzing. Uh, Gators flip Roderick Kearney, uh, Orange Park High School in Orange Park, Florida, uh, the number 136th ranked player in the country, number nine uh, interior offensive lineman, the number 31 player in the state. And if and when he signs will be the highest offensive line commit the Gators have had since Martez Ivy. With that, the Gators move to number eight in the country, passing Clemson, and with a Cormani McLean commitment later in the week, we'll definitely jump at least into number seven, maybe even a number six. So let's go. Roger Kearney just called his name. Uh, big flip, man. <laughs> Shout out to Stapleton, Rob selling those guys for doing what they got to do. This man, uh, this is the same kid that came on campus, uh, you know, left Troll. and committed to Florida State on his way out car. of here, man. Yeah, uh, but you just got to keep, you got to put the, the squad, you got that 100 staffers to keep harassing them, send them happy birthdays, uh, stop by his mama job, drop her off a plate at Mac and Cheese as well. Uh, but Woo. you got to upgrade them trenches, man. I like this get. You know, uh, we got some defensive side of the ball we're going to get in on. I got some more offensive tackles and offensive guards we're going to bring into this class. I think we're going to flip some stuff. Uh, but good get. Top five class on the way. Top five, top five, Nick. Huh? Bro, mm. bro, give me a uh, wellness you, check on TJ. Yo, it is, oh, man. He, I, I, th- I think the phone's going to be off for a little while. There's going to be yeah. some, some tweets muted, uh, and then he'll be back at it like nothing uh, couldn't happened. Go to the, but, uh, couldn't go he, to a better he, person. Perfect yeah. perfect person for this, man. Talk, talks greasy for the last, <laughs> what, three months or so? Yes, sir. Well, now uh, now he's tweeting uh, Cedric Baxter, who is committed to Texas, is apparently taking a visit. So Todd, Todd is ignoring Ignoring bad news for me. If, if Baxter's interested in flipping, uh, if he thinks the University of Florida is not in those services, then Ty gonna need more than a wellness check, my man. 
<laughs> oh man. Everybody. Um, Who we in for? Everybody. We in for everybody, everybody, man. Shout out to Billy and the boys. It was all cool yeah. a couple months ago. Yeah. The uh it, Boy, that mac and cheese looks a lot different right now. I mean, I'm so. trying to tell you, man. I'm trying to tell you, man. Like, yeah, all right. Tweeted about Coach Atkins, if you guys remember last offseason, uh TJ solicited all of his internet friends to a buy a box of cigars <laughs> for getting a Darius Mims on campus, that. thinking that Mims was a surefire thing. Darius Mims did not go to Florida State. Roger Kearney commits to FSU. TJ brings out the old Alex Atkins cigar gifts. What happens? He doesn't come to Florida State either. So and Thursday, I'm pulling up too. I'm going out to Lakeland. Uh, me and me and me and the sequel. We're gonna pull up to for that uh, six to eight in Lakeland, man. It's, it's funny day. Y'all got some free time. Make sure you're available on the internet, YouTube, Twitter, all right. Hey, what, fireworks um, on the way. Sorry, what time was that again? Six well, to eight. Yeah, that's what six that's what eight. I wanted to get. That's what I wanted so to get. Seven at. and so nine. It says, that's what I was getting at. It says uh, the flyer says six. What time right, 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 does right. the commitment happen? The event, the event um, starts at six. What time does the commitment happen? I'm an expertise in this since that I'm black and uh, <laughs> I, I, I have a, a, a master's in color people time. I think it's going <laughs> to, I think we'll get a commitment around eight o'clock or something like that. And then after party ensue, uh, if you show up on six o'clock, walk away from the application or, or the computer or whatever it may be, because it's going to be a little minute. Actually, there's a chance that I can make that on Thursday. Oh, pull let up, you know. baby. We hanging out, bro. Let's do it. Pull up. Hey, I'll no only problem. be there from six to eight, though. <laughs> no problem. Dan will be there at five forty-five. Promptly at six, right when doors open, I'll be the first one there. Um, hey man, Ryan's uh, pulling up. We're gonna shoot a little something, hang out a little bit, put out some content for for Steve Miguel folks and whatnot. Mm. Let's hang out. All right, let's to, uh, uh, let's talk a little to, bit more about this week. I went to for a sure. party in high school with uh, it was a Jamaican family. Party said that said party starts at seven. I showed up at like seven oh five, seven fifteen. Oh, you amateur. Nothing, nothing yeah, was ready. They were like, they were like, what are you doing here? I'm like, started. I'm gonna tell you no. something, Nick. Uh there's there's uh regular time, there's color people time, then there's Jamaican time. Mm. Jamaican parties don't start till like three in the morning sometimes, bro. Uh, just a different type of uh lateness. So if they say and, uh, seven eight o'clock, don't show up to after midnight to a Jamaican par- party. I, I, I'm, I'm I was used to Cuban time. I showed up 15 minutes late, um, mm-hmm. and and like the food hadn't even been put on to like start cooking yet. They were like, oh, "What are nah. you doing here?" I was like, "Well, <laughs> the invitation said 15 minutes ago." They're like, "You're you're way early." Man, oh man! All right, I'm boys, about to go on and call some ruckus, man. I gotta go troll and like get yeah, on the yeah, yeah. That's what I was. Bit. I was. I had a lot of giggles while Mike was talking that were completely unrelated to Mike. Uh, so I had to put myself on mute. Uh, the internet's a wild place. So I'm going to go enjoy that a little bit. Uh, boys, uh, same corner, same time next week. Corey's same got corner, song of the week. Time. Corey does oh, have I got song, song of, the of the week. Oh man, I got some slap. Oh, let me just go off the top of my head. I was doing a whole little dance earlier to Solange. Um, Is that Beyonce's sister? Yeah, yeah, I like her music better than Beyonce, to be honest with you. Mm. But let me get Cranes in the Sky. Uh, Solange. I'm pretty sure that's the joint I want to listen to. Nice little jingle. Good vibes. Same corner, same time. See y'all in Lakeland on Thursday. It's the logo.
I don't wanna feel those 